This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, Episode 100, Part 2. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. I'm Lam Ramayasha, and this is indeed the second half of our 100 episode, where we take some time to celebrate the show's past 100 episodes. We look back at our favorite episodes and moments and memories with our guests. It's a great time, and we've had our good friend Bomber on to discuss oldies memories with us, and just, I hope you guys enjoy our trip down memory lane. Yeah, so um, just a disclaimer for this uh, conversation, because uh, I, I think I mentioned it on episode 99. Um, originally, <laughs> this was supposed to be the end part of episode 100, if you could believe it. Um, originally, because uh, I think, uh, Lum, you uh, set up a survey for our listeners to basically have them tell us, you know, uh, what their favorite episodes of our podcast are. Which, uh, by the way, thank you to everybody who took that survey. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, at first we thought, how hey, we could take like a half hour, maybe 40 minutes or whatever <laughs> to talk about our favorite episodes and what everybody thought. No, that took about two hours and change. So, yeah, uh, in true Manga Mavericks passion, um, we clearly underestimate how long we can record for. And um, that's what that's what's basically led, a, led us up to today where we have to break up our episode 100 into two parts. It was only five questions, too. It wasn't <laughs> even like our complete survey we do every year, which is 25 questions or something. This was only five questions, and we took two and a half hours still. <laughs> oh, uh, cl- clearly clearly we can we could just talk about anything for, for a super long time. And gr- gr- granted, I'm, I'm sure, hopefully I'll, I'll have shaved that down a little bit, but like... I don't see it being too much shorter than two hours. I'm just going to say, um, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, I'm, I mean, even with all that, like I, it was still a fun discussion. Like I'm, I'm not really like upset about it, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really upset about the length because, you know, we, we had bomber on, it was a good discussion and it was, it was just kind of fun to talk about, you know, where, how, how far the podcast has come and like, you know, just, everything we've managed to do up to this point and I, I don't want to keep going on because we already did that for like two hours so i think we should just get right into our discussion and uh, i hope everybody enjoys it all right special thanks to everyone who uh who joined us for our manga piracy discussion including buggy morgana and maxi uh, I, I thought it was really fun and informative, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody really enjoyed it. Um, but now, as we uh, as as we begin to wrap up on episode one hundred, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't at least uh, talk about uh, some podcast related stuff. Uh, kind of look back on the past one hundred episodes or so. Uh, as you guys may know, um, if you follow us on Twitter, you will have seen that. Uh, Throughout the week, we tweeted out uh, a particular survey on uh, on your guys' favorite episodes of the podcast. And uh, with us to go over the, some of those results and just to kind of talk about our favorite episodes of the podcast in general is uh, our favorite weekly Shonen Sunday guy, Bomber or Sakaki or Kirabon on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sorry for having too many names. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back, everybody. <laughs> uh, like I said, we, we would be remiss if we didn't have one of our most popular guests on to talk about it. So, you know. I'll, I'll still never understand that, but thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not not to pull the curtain back too much, but I mean, we, we do get comments. Whenever we have surveys and stuff, we do get comments saying that, you know, people enjoy your episodes and they want to hear more of you. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, man. Oh. People are so kind. <laughs> Misguided, but kind. <laughs> in, in, including this survey, also. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? We got quite a few comments that are like, more bomber, more bomber. Really? Okay. Bomb us with bomber. Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> oh. every day. Oh, yeah, okay. I think that's going to be the new name of the Twitter. <laughs> No, but we'd be remiss to say that we had hoped that Maxie would have joined us for this discussion, too, because both Bomber and Moxie, you guys are not two of our most frequent guests, but also you guys appear so frequently. I've been such a huge part of the show since the beginning. That's true. That you're like almost uh, co-hosts in a sense, because we can rely on you guys to record whenever and just have amazing conversations. So I really want to thank both of you, Bomber and Maxie, for like always like uh, being good friends to us and always coming on the show to offer your insights and just have a good time. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's a shame Maxie couldn't make it, though. Yeah, it's a shame. We planned a four-person crew, and now we're down to three. If only there was a spare fourth person, someone who has also been on the show since the first year... And has been a regular part of our podcast, co-hosting several of our side podcasts. Uh-oh. But alas, that person is just too busy these days <laughs> writing reviews and being on the Tanami Faithful podcast <laughs> and getting interviews with Nielsen. Do I sense a little oh, jealousy here? Too <laughs> <sense> busy. <laughs> too busy for the Manga Mavericks podcast, aren't you, Wheelord GTZ? <laughs> You guys just aren't good enough for me anymore. Carlton, I think we've wandered into oh, a family we're not feud. Good enough, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, should, should we? Should we leave? I mean, you, you, we, we can go. Well, rather than <laughs> people leaving, why don't we invite him in to talk with us, huh, V Lord? What? Surprise appearance by good old friend of the podcast, V Lord GTZ. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what I'd sound like after an introduction like that. <laughs> V-Lord has been here the entire time this Skype call has been going on. I've, we've been waiting half an hour to do this dramatic intro for V-Lord. Surprised guest upon the 100th episode. Wow. You, 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 you got us all, Lum. You got us all. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so j- j- just to start off, um, I think one of my favorite moments coming out of this podcast is whenever uh, Lum uh, secretly introduces V-Lord out of nowhere. Those are always my favorite parts, personally. <laughs> what is your opinion on that, V-Lord? Do you love those moments? I mean, I was kind of weirded out at about it at first, like when you first started doing it. But after a while, I just kind of got used to it. 
<laughs> but Milord, you have, uh, you know, again, been here on the show since the beginning. You also help out cover news sometimes. And also, you're the regular co-host of Bad Movies. And recently, you've been doing a ton of work uh, contacting publishers and getting review copies and doing a huge work on that front. So you're an integral part of the site and the show. So I'm glad you could be on our 100th episode. Why, thank you. I, I feel honored. <laughs> so much. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's, he's like the hype man of everything, though. I, it, it's thanks to him I'm getting into anime and I see his press. I would have never, you know, I never would have made the connection that my blog counts as a press outlet <laughs> so, without him. So, and I got review copies from Viz thanks to V. Uh, v Lord's really integra- integral. Really, to me, too, honestly. <laughs> so, uh, I gotta thank him. Why, why thank you, Sakaki? Oh, boy. Um, but, uh, I guess we should just go into our, uh, go into our 100th episode survey results, huh? Yeah, now that our crew is assembled, we can go around and go over the results. But before we reveal the results, we are going to answer the questions that we asked our fans ourselves. Uh, you know, and we asked our fans questions like their favorite episodes and guests and moments, so we're gonna go and answer those a little bit first. And so, we're starting off with a very simple question. What is our favorite episode among the Mavericks over the past hundred episodes that we recorded? Now, technically, it's been more than a hundred. If you look at our iTunes feed, we have, like, over 150 podcasts, because that counts, like, the app movies, and then all the special numbered episodes, and all that stuff, but for the purposes of the 100 episode, we'll stick it strictly to the numbered episodes of 1 through 99. So, who wants to start us off? Where do you want to begin with? What is your favorite episode of Manga Mavericks? Um, I guess I can go first real quick, because I, I kind of already have an idea of, like, what my favorite episode is, and, and totally not because I took the survey. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's, I, I say I have a favorite episode, but it's it's more like I have, like, my favorite kinds of episodes, almost. Um, I mean, first off, I... Uh, I don't think we've had a chance to do it this year, unfortunately. Maybe we can fix that next year. But, um, you know, some, some of my favorite episodes are usually when I get to record with Maxi about, um, about Cancel Jump series and whatnot. Um, if I had to pick, like, an episode out of, like, that group of episodes, that would be really hard because I really, I really like all of them. Even, even, even the very first one we we did that was technically supposed to be a manga corner episode, but like I I repurposed it as an episode of Manga Mavericks where we talked about a, a Hi-Fi Cluster, which was one of uh, Viz's first full Jumpstart runs uh, that got picked up for a, uh, for its entirety, um, for its entire less than twenty chapter run. Um, but yeah, I really like listening to that one. And then um, oh, what was it? Uh, I, I, I think my absolute favorite one was probably the last one we did about Stealth Symphony, just because, uh, when I, when I read Stealth Symphony for that podcast, that was my first time actually, like, finishing it, because I, I had initially, like, dropped off of it about halfway through its run, but, but at the point, like, where I dropped off, like, th- that was when all the twist in that series in particular started coming, and that's when it started, like, really wrapping up, um, and personally, like, not to talk about Stealth Symphony too much, but like that that one out of all the series that we've covered through those podcasts probably has 
my favorite resolution out of anything canceled I've read because uh and I, and I forget their names off the top of my head but uh the the Dorama author uh Narita yeah thank you uh Ryogo Narita I think really made that I think they I think they made cancellation work for them because like the, man that that the the ending for that series has no right to be as satisfying as it is um <laughs> at least in my opinion anyway um but yeah, I thought me and Maxie had a really good discussion on that one. Like, there was a lot to dig in with that series in particular, and I thought we got a really good discussion out of it. But um, as far as what I voted for in the survey, um, I think I voted for the Bakuman episode. Uh, really, like, the Bakuman episode and the Death Note episode. Like, if I could have voted for more than one, I would have voted for both of those. Um, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like so far, anything with uh, anything by Oba and Obata, I, I think really... For, for for whatever reason, so far has been some of our best discussion on on particular manga series. I don't know what it's going to be like when we eventually get to Platinum End, because trust me, I want to get to Platinum End as soon as it ends. But uh... <laughs> You don't want to get to Platinum End, Colton. You really don't want to get to Platinum End. <laughs> <laughs> but see, V-Wars, that just, that just makes me want to get to it more. You don't understand. Um... <laughs> you gotta complete the trilogy. Yeah, but, I mean, we have to. Trilogy um... of Decline. <laughs> Like I think out of the both of those, the the Bakuman episode, um, which I think was probably my favorite episode we did um, from that year in particular, just because like you know ba- Bakuman for for all of us on that discussion, uh, for most of us anyway, I don't know about Nick, um, you know was was really like sort of important to us and informative as far as like us learning about the industry goes. And re- really taking a look at that series after, you know, after 10 years or so was really kind of eye-opening in a way. And I don't know, it was, for, for for as mixed as I am on Bakuman nowadays and as much as I don't really like it as much as I used to, um, it was still really interesting to go over. And I don't know, like, I, I really felt like I got something out of that conversation, so. Exactly, it was a great conversation about art and about how comics and manga the industry has changed over the 10 years since Bakuman began and then where it was last year. It was like very interesting to take a look back in that regards and see what was still ringing true and then what was a product of the times. And also to look back on what the series meant to us at the time and then like how we've changed and how that has affected our relationship with the series. I definitely came out of that reread of Bakuman very negative towards it, but I definitely thought it was a really good episode, like just reevaluating an older piece of media that we all had some strong feelings towards and seeing how that might have changed uh, since our first experience with it. Yeah, because I, I feel like whenever we whenever we uh, do those kinds of episodes where it's like we're we're going back and reviewing something that uh, that we read like you know back when we were younger, it I, I feel like usually I feel kind of the same about it and like nothing much has changed. But but Bakuman was not one of those. Like my opinions on that had definitely changed uh, from when I read it as a high schooler for sure. So yeah, Bakuman I think is the only one of these series like, revisits that I have come out more negative towards. I think all the other ones, I either grew a new appreciation for it, or, like you said, the feelings remain as strong. <laughs> but yeah, Bakken one's an interesting one. It's like, I think the sole example I can think of so far of a series that 
we reread that I came out disliking when I had liked it originally. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, but that, that's really about it for me. All right. For me, I really love our interview episodes, and we've done a ton of them this year. And we've managed to interview a ton of great guests, and I just love the, the entire process of researching, uh, coming up with the questions, and then guiding conversation as we're having a conversation with guests and learning so much from them, not just about their own career journeys, but just about uh, the manga industry as a whole, and then so many other fascinating things. And so I really have enjoyed the amount of interviews we've done this year. And I think that one of the interviews I'm most proud of is our interview with Erica Friedman earlier this year, because we scheduled that a few months in advance, and then I spent a lot of time just reading, like, Erica's uh, blog and the uh, Akazu, you know, website, just to learn as much about the history of Yuri as possible, try to read a bunch of different Yuri series to get you know, a, a good sense of, like, what's out there right now and just really learn as much as I can about it before having conversation with her. And then uh, we ended up having a really long but, you know, really engaging conversation about the history of Yuri, uh, you know, how... What are, like, some of the current trends in the genre, uh, how things have changed over the years, like the origins to now new trends we're seeing in terms of more stories, relationships about adults, more stories where the characters can be committed, like, past the the school phase into being a relationship with series like Hase-san. So... I really love that conversation we had with Erica, and then I, you know, the a moment that stuck with me at the end of it was, like, you know, Erica told me that she really enjoyed the interview, and I had done a great job being an interviewer, and that made me feel really happy that, you know, I, I seemed to have done a good job, so I, I felt really proud of that episode and that interview. And I feel really proud of, like, all the interviews we've done this year. I think we've managed to have really great conversations with all of our guests. And we managed to learn a ton of great insights onto so many different topics and that have been informative for not just us, but for our listeners. We had so much discussion come out of those interview episodes where people would have, like, conversations about information that we talked about. Like, after we recorded with uh, Jason Thompson, you know, there was a whole conversation from that about the... The revelation about, you know, the original licensing decision about Saint Seiya. And that led to us getting Mari Morimoto on the show and later Shane and Gary. So these interview episodes, I I really, really love them. And I hope we continue to do more of them. Because I just love talking to people about the work they're doing and, like, what they love. And I think that's super valuable and meaningful to me. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, just just to add in my two cents about the interview episodes, uh, I think my favorite interview episodes out of all the ones we've done are probably with both uh, Jason Thompson and Caleb Cook. Um, the the one with Jason Thompson, I actually just re listened to recently, and I still I still vividly remember like the week before the interview, like I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, Oh yeah, it's just another podcast we're recording. And then like the night before I'm like, Oh God, we're interviewing Jason Thompson. Like, 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 like it just kind of hit me all at once. 
uh, Jason Thompson was such a formative part of me learning about manga and getting into manga. Like, when I was in high school, like, reading House of a Thousand Manga, reading uh, Manga the Complete Guide, and of course, not to mention the fact that he had worked on so many of the series that I grew up loving, like Dragon Ball. So it was just such an incredibly surreal but incredible thing to interview Jason. And I'm really excited to have him on the show again in a few weeks here to discuss a series that... He really, really loves, and I can't wait to talk to him about. Oh my, yeah! Like knock on wood, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have him <laughs> on again in the same year. That's insane. Um, and then with Caleb Cook, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a two minds about that because I still think the interview came out really good. But I'm, I'm so upset with myself that I lost my audio for that interview because I. I really feel like out of out of all the interviews we had for for that month, I feel like I was the most like active in like talking with Caleb and asking him questions. And it's a real shame that we like lost that part of the audio. But like, th- thankfully, like Ulum made it really work. So mm-hmm. it was unfortunate, but we'll also have Caleb on the show again, and so we'll continue to have great conversations with him, and you'll be able to hear all of us that time. I hope. Yeah. Uh, I I won't make that same mistake again, I promise. <laughs> Audio mishaps uh, have really caused some interesting things to happen in the, the show's past. There have been tons of episodes that never got released because of audio mishaps. And then tons of uh, weird things that have had to happen because of them. Like, uh, that Astro Lost in Space episode, I think might be uh, a second victory just because I have to go through the painstaking effort of re-recording all of my dialogue, which involves listening back to my, my originally recorded dialogue, which is at such a small decibel, you can only barely make it out even after amplifying, but I have to transcribe everything I said, like go through that entire two-hour conversation, and then re-record every bit of that, also keeping in mind the timing so that it would still sync up with your guys' audio. Oh so my just God. for the effort of doing all that alone, that episode holds a special place in my heart as well. I cannot imagine the work you had to put in for that. I personally, <laughs> I I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know. Not for a whole episode. There, there have been times where sometimes like, not even because of like, uh, like volume issues, but like there will be some times where like I'll listen back on like, because uh, obviously I listen to these again, like while I'm editing them, and like sometimes I'll listen to myself make a point, and I'm like, I don't know if I said this the way I wanted to. I'm just gonna re-record this. Nobody will know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like sometimes I'll go out of my way to do like very small edits like that. But like I cannot imagine doing that for an entire episode. Like um, I can, I can feel my soul leaving my body. Like as I just think about it. Wow, I just yeah. just listening to your stories of, through all of this, man. I I don't know anything about editing a podcast or anything like that. Sometimes I like think about it, but hearing your stories, they're both inspiring and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I mean, I've thought about it from time to time, where it's like ah, I could probably reach more people if I had like a Sunday podcast. I mean, you know, reading's kind of a lost art, <laughs> but I, I, but I'm like, then I just hear your stories. I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do that, <laughs> but, uh, 
I, but no, honestly, though, it is really inspiring to hear that you guys put so much effort into this thing that's just like, you know, it's obviously because you love it a lot. So, yeah. I, yeah. Hearing the people that you've interviewed, I mean, some of them I don't know, but like others I've heard of, I mean, Caleb, I, I'm very, you know, familiar with him. I've talked with him on Twitter a few times, and yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. I really need to probably sit down and listen to that episode, but but yeah, it's, it's, it, you guys have done a lot. I, I think, I don't know how else to emphasize that. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it when you're doing it. It just feels like yeah, another day at the office, kind of like Colson just said, but like, <laughs> <laughs> then you really sit back and look back at it. You're like, I just talked to this person and asked them stuff that many other people will never get to ask them. You know, and I, I think that's something you really have to think about. Like, even with the Sunday Twitter, people are following me that I never would have imagined. I mean, I've got one of the biggest French publishers following me. Apparently, they've got a really good relationship with Shogakukan. <laughs> so, <laughs> and one or two Sunday editors. It's just like, when you're doing this kind of stuff, it just feels like, hey, I'm just having fun. But, like, it's it's actually pretty impressive when you think about it. I, I mean, look, ne- next thing you know, Shigakukan's going to be following you. <laughs> <laughs> and th- and they're going to be like, hey, uh, we want to release more Sunday titles through you or something. I don't know. I don't think that would ever happen. But, but uh, hey, I know. considered it once or twice just being like, well, I know Japanese. I could. I do know a couple of the editors. I'm like, a couple of the editors are following me. I could ask, hey, guys, could you... Could you send me free stuff? Fizz does it. <laughs> so, so if, if Shigaku Khan tomorrow asked you to translate all of their Sunday manga ever published, would you do it? No, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, guys, I'd be like, okay, choose an author and I'll do, see what I can do. Fukuchi. Yeah, Fukuchi. Okay, yeah, I would. I would. I mean, Lawweki's done, so I wouldn't have to do that. Psych. Yeah, no, no, I'm you saying, can... I like, if it were his whole catalog, like, Law of Wiki, they already did it, so I'd do Plus, Takoku, um, Anagomo, Psych, and now Ponkotsu, I'd do those. Actually, over Fukuchi, I would do Fujita, because it's a crime that nothing, I mean, well, no, one series of his is. Yeah, Black Museum. Yeah. But, yeah, we need Sobote and Karakuri and Ushio and Tora. Yeah, we need those, bad. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> Sobote, which feels like it's gonna end soon, actually, but... Like, yeah, that, I, Fukuchi has Ueki, so he has some, you know, he has some visibility, but, like, Fujita not having any, like, that, that's a crime to me. <laughs> um, but I guess, uh, Bomber, why, why you have the, the floor here, unless, Mom, you have anything else you want to say? No, I was just about to ask, Bomber, what is your favorite episode of Manga Maverick? The ones where we were supposed to come on and discuss one thing and end up just talking about Sunday, and then it becomes essentially the Maxi and Bomber show. <laughs> and, like, it's just you, it's it's like Lum and Colton just sitting there like, okay, well, we were, I'd probably regret, secretly regretting having us on, like, we knew this was gonna happen, <laughs> but we had them on again anyway. <laughs> like, we just take over talking about the whole, sh- like, Shonen Sunday lineup. Guys, guys, we're talking about Sleepy Princess or Comey. <laughs> guys, guys, get back on, get back on. Oh, yeah, 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 Comey and Sleepy Princess are good, but let's talk about, let's talk about Ryoko. Like, <laughs> and, and, like, Fujita and all of this other stuff, but, Definitely, I, I want to say 
the I I mean I I feel bad saying an episode that I was on, but <laughs> it, it, but yeah, definitely the Comey episode would probably be my favorite because I feel like that was one that besides the fact that we got off topic a whole lot, like the manga actually inspired a lot of talk. You know, yeah. like I feel like with CP Princess, we ended up getting off topic because there really wasn't much to talk about, and that's not talking bad about Sleepy Princess at all. I, I, I'm definitely not saying it's not a good series or that it's not worth a read or whatever, but it's it felt like Comey had more going on for it that we actually, you know, when we were discussing it, it, it felt like there was more to discuss about the manga than, you know, talking about Sunday itself. Yeah, there was some of that talk, but I just feel like Comey's premise was strong enough that we actually all had pretty... You know, we all had we all had the same opinion of it, so it's not like we had varying opinions on what what you know on the subject matter. But which we all enjoyed it. But I just feel like because of all you know, because of the different things that the manga had, you know, the artwork being really good, Oda, not that one, <laughs> being, <laughs> being um, you know, his the way he approaches the art, the the storyline of the series, and even just how Viz adapted it. I just feel like there was a lot to talk about in that episode, so that even when we did get off tangent, it wasn't like, okay, well, we've discussed all we can about this, that's why we're getting off tangent. It was just because we wanted to add a kind of like a supplementary background to where Comey comes from in Sunday. So, that was one of my favorite episodes, like, just being able to kind of, and of course, just being able to talk about Sunday, which I don't get to do much other than on Twitter, but... Yeah, that that's you know it, pretty much any episode that Maxie's on because Maxie's really informative. Like I've listened to a couple of episodes that he's been on. I mean, I can't. I'm having trouble remembering them. Like especially the the cancel jump. Like I I've seen of course I've seen his threads on Twitter too. So when I hear that he's going to be on, I try to like give it a listen. But yeah, Maxie's just super informative. I wish I knew about one third of one of the some of the stuff he knows about Jump for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish I knew that stuff, and people think I do because I like. But I have to keep reminding people I've only really been into Sunday since 2013, <laughs> so I don't have the historical background that Maxie has on Jump. And I would love to just have an episode where he just talks about like jump history. I don't know where he gets this information and I would love to just be in just be in his head for a second and just see some of this stuff. Yeah. Max is a wealth of awesome knowledge about jump history, but also comics history in general, because he's such a great comics connoisseur and has so many great interests. So he's always a great person to talk to. But B, you're selling yourself short because you are a wealth of incredible information too because of your ability to uh, translate all these interviews and then uh, reveal all this awesome information. And you've done so much to increase the visibility of Sunday over the years, more than anyone. I think you're the face of Shonen Sunday discourse in the West, at least on the Twitter sphere. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I always love all our conversations we've had with you about Sunday. And those are some of my favorite episodes to record as well as just the conversations we've had talking about Shonen Sunday and about these underrated series, often overlooked series with you, and then getting the word out there. Well, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Again, it's like I said just now, which is just, it's not even the thing that I just set out to be this Sunday, you know, person. I, I just said, hey, I 
like talking about this thing, which you guys like to hear me talk about this thing. So really, I can't even take the credit because if, if that day on Twitter where I asked if people would like to see the blog, if everybody was like, nah, <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> so I have to add, you know, the people who responded and said, yeah, we'd like to, you know, because it was born from, it was born from Fukuchi. So I do owe him a lot too. Just, you know, I was really even getting physical Sunday in the mail in 2013 when I first started collecting Sunday was because of an mole. That's, and then that from there, then Sykes started and Sykes schedule being what it was. After a while, I said, okay, well, Sykes not a magazine, so I guess I'll talk about the rest of the magazine. And, I mean, for people that don't know, uh, Sykes kind of had a schedule similar to Hunter Hunter, just it was a way more frequent, though, <laughs> where it would run like, it would run like a volume's worth of material, and then Fukuchi would take a break for maybe two, three months, and then come back. So for a while, I would just be on Twitter talking about Psych and what's going on in Psych currently. But then when he's on break, then it was like, okay, well, I'm still buying Sunday, so I guess I'll talk about the rest of the magazine. And eventually, I was just like, well, doing Twitter threads are fun, but it's it's kind of it's not organized. So would, would people like to see a blog? And <laughs> what's sad is now the blog has kind of gone on the wayside since I got a Twitter account. <laughs> so. But yeah, now interviews and stuff I'm, I'm plugging, but uh, <laughs> interviews and stuff are, are on the blog, and that's what I'm using it now for. But yeah, I, I again, I really think have to say, you know, you guys definitely giving the, the blog and me, you know, Spotlight has definitely helped in getting Sunday out there. So I definitely owe a lot to you guys, and I definitely owe a lot to, of course, the people on Twitter who you know, follow the blog and everything like that, especially a lot of the big-name manga reviewers like Manga Mogura. Like, he's a guy that... I, I want to say that the blog's Twitter is now is a lot thanks to him because he was just very, very... You don't run into people like that that have, like, a ton of followers and are very, very good at saying, hey, I'll promote you if you tell me about what you do. So he's been instrumental in really helping the blog, you know, get more of a, the blog and the Twitter get more, more views and everything. Cause I'm sure a lot of people, I remember I, I definitely know that Deb Aoki started following me because Manga Mogoros like gave me a shout out. <laughs> so I definitely know that happened. I mean, hey, like that. I'm right back at you, buddy. Like, I, I really, I really enjoy having you on, in particular, as well as Maxi. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing you guys are both so popular with our, uh, with our audience because I mean, I, I would bring you back, uh, bring you guys back on regardless because I just, I just like talking to you both. So, yeah, same. I, I definitely like being, I like being on. It's, it's fun to talk. About. I mean, even if it's not about Sunday, it's just fun to be able to talk about more. I don't, again, I don't look at this as like, oh, a formal thing. It's just, hey, I'm talking to my buddies about something I enjoy, you know, which is the way to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, V Lord, um, what is your favorite episode of Manga Mavericks? Oh, uh, yeah, you've been quiet for a while. <laughs> um,. So my favorite episode is actually uh, the Jason Thompson episode. Good choice. So like, like Lom, I had like a lot of like inspiration from him, like just from the House of a Thousand Manga and like all the different work that he did for uh, Shonen Jump. That episode, just all the insight he provided was just like so cool to hear. 
Um, aside from that, all the episodes of like uh, Sakaki and uh, Maxiron are always great. I mean, for like, sure, yeah. I know, like uh, Sakaki always jokes about, it, but the Sunday tangents are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're both so enthusiastic about Shonen Sunday, like it's just always like entertaining to hear. Hear this, Fizz. Let me be your hype man, please. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> I am now very much available. So. <laughs> Oh, but uh, I, I think we, I think we picked a lot of really good episodes as our favorites for sure. And I definitely think there's some crossover with episodes that our listeners voted for in our survey. So I think we'll maybe go through some of the choices here. So some popular episode choices were uh, the Caleb Cook interview episode ninety two, and uh, one of our more recent episodes, Banana Fish. Both had uh, about an equal amount of votes and got the majority, or like uh, the most votes out of the episodes voted for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm I'm happy people liked the banana fish episode because I was I was pretty I was pretty proud of like how that came out after I got done editing it. So mm-hmm. we had a great conversation with Marion about that series, and I think a lot of people really appreciated the topics we went into and explored. And uh, Marion, of course, offered some great insights on the series. As well, that you know, it was amazing to just talk about the series with her, and then uh, you know, have a back and forth about like some because Panafish covers some really complex uh, stuff, so it was really good to kind of work out like the problematic and the really, really valuable the stuff that really clings to your heart. So that was a really great discussion, and that's one of my favorite series that we've read this year too. I'm really glad I finally got a chance to read Panafish. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, the Caleb Cook interview, just like fantastic conversation with Caleb. I uh, can't wait to have him on the show again. Next, after that, uh, the World Trick episode got a couple of votes, and that was also a great conversation with Wensley Dale and Annalisa about that series. And that also went, of course, very long because we had were pretty passionate about it. Yeah, it, it went on so long, we had to dedicate an, a, another episode to Q&A. Yeah, another 0.5 episode just to, to do Q&A. It went on so long that people were dropping out of that episode by the end of it because they had to leave. But yeah, that was a great conversation. And that episode, that got a lot of attention, uh, I remember. I think it's still like, of all the episodes uh, on all that trauma to come, of all the posts, like that has the most views uh, for sure. And that had got the most shares. That got a lot of attention on Reddit. So the World Trigger fans, I really want to thank them. They uh, really latched onto the episode, and they really helped spread it around. And there was a lot of very positive feedback towards it. So I'm glad we put out a really great convo on the series. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but what about some of the other episodes people voted for? Yeah, it's like an eclectic range of other episodes. So one thing that's interesting to me is that there aren't any episodes before 2018. In fact, uh, World Trigger is the oldest episode that was voted for. But of course, we didn't uh, get like uh, dozens of survey responses necessarily. So that might be because of the relatively small sample pool. But I did find that kind of interesting. I think people have really relaxed on to episodes we've done in the last two years in particular. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say it could also be like recency bias. I think that's what you call that. Perhaps though, uh, when we get into moments, there are a few uh, really 
early day uh, moments that people chose I got a kick out of me. But in terms of other episodes that uh, people really people voted for as their favorite, episode 54, Summer Con Craziness. That was an interesting one because that, to me, I thought of as a, a news episode. And I usually don't remember those episodes as well. But that episode was basically us covering uh, all the licenses that came out of Anime Expo 2018. And I think we had a conversation on that episode about, uh, I think, the Full Metal Alchemist movies. I think we argued about that on that episode for a little bit, for 10 minutes. That's definitely a conversation I remember having. I just wasn't sure if that was if it was that episode. Um, yeah, the, the, the full, the full news episodes, I have a hard time remembering just because like we, we talk about a variety of different things, obviously on those episodes. So. But I'm glad people enjoy them, that they enjoy episodes where we don't have topics to talk about and just hearing the news and then us discuss them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have, they have a good time with. So that makes me happy, but. No, we didn't talk about... That was a different episode I was thinking of that was also voted for, where we talked about FMA. But we did talk about the Dr. Stone popularity poll, the first one, for 10 minutes. Oh, okay, we did. All right. And uh, there were a lot of topics we talked in that one. That was one of those newest episodes that went on two and a half hours because there was so much news. So a lot of different things. I think a lot of uh, good conversations, good bits in there. So that was a very interesting choice that I was surprised with. Uh, Another choice, another newest episode was Harley Sells Matt. And that was the episode I was thinking of where we argued about uh, the FMA movies for 10 minutes. And of course, a bunch of other conversations, like the conversation about the Harley fans solving this uh, 25-year-old mathematical conundrum. A lot of really fun stories in that episode. And I also still really like that thumbnail I drew for it. It's a good thumbnail. What is that the one with like Haruhi and like uh the like board yeah, with the, wearing the their like witch hats and it has like a uh, mathematical single symbols on it. And another significant thing about uh, episode sixty four is that that's the first episode where we started doing community shoutouts. So it's actually quite a significant episode in manga Mavericks history. Uh, now we're getting into episodes that came out this year, including episode 75, Booty Bat, our conversation with Aiden about the Naoki Urasawa <laughs> exhibition. Oh my god, I can't believe I titled the episode that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> man, you know, honestly, that's that that one's up there for me too. Um, that, that one might be one of my favorite episodes this year in particular, uh, just because it was so cool to have somebody on who had actually been to the Urasawa ex- uh, exhibit. Um, and it was really cool to talk to to talk to Aiden as well. I hope we can have him on for another uh, Urasawa type episode as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, I definitely would love to have him on when we cover a Urasawa series down the line. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another episode we ordered for was Save of Shonen Jump 2019, our follow-up to our uh, original Save of Shonen Jump episode, this time going over... Manga Plus series as well, and we had Maxi and the Comic Fiend on for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool to talk about not just Shonen Jump, but like talk about the new apps we had at the time too, as they were like basically in their infancy. Um, man, those are going to be next year. Those are going to be a year old. That's really weird to think about. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's crazy to think that so far they've only been less than a year old. 
Because it feels like so much longer than that, but and they've, they've like, really changed. How yeah, they've manga. changed a lot. Like, even Manga Plus, like which is very bare bones, is kind of a completely different beast now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, like, as much as I was burning with jealousy before, I gotta admit, these, the, the Jump <laughs> app is actually pretty good. I, I actually really, really like it. For just, I don't think I only started recently reading current stuff in it, but being able to go back and read old stuff has been really cool. That, that to me is worth the very little they're asking for. <laughs> so I, that, just being able to go back and hit up Jojo, Dragon Ball, I mean, things think people consider the classics. I mean, I, I need to remember to finish it, but yeah, I was able to go through <laughs> Muyo and Roji after the anime had aired. I picked up the manga and I actually found that I really enjoyed that a lot. So I'm, I have to admit it again. I, I was gonna like make a stand against it for the simple fact that <laughs> they could do this for Sunday, but then I, I guess I kind of just, I, I bought into it and I'm glad I did because it's, it's, it's actually a very good app. I haven't used Manga Plus as much and I guess I should try that. I think I only use the Shonen Jump app more just because, like, I'm paying for it, and it's like I want to get the most out of it. Yeah, there's that. I mean, it's sad, because I forget that I had the thing, even though I'm paying for it. <laughs> but, I mean, lately at least, I, I guess, too, it's just there weren't, wasn't, because I, I read um, Demon Slayer Japanese through volumes, and MA, um, My Hero Academia Japanese through volumes, and... I mean, most of the jump lineup aside from those I wasn't really interested in, but then now I've really kind of come to enjoy Yosakura Family Mission. I'm pretty sure I got the name wrong. <laughs> so I've come to really enjoy that, and that might be enough for me to remember to use the app. <laughs> so I really need... And now Spy X Family is on there, so I need to get on that. Yeah, two Spy series, both really great. They're just going to have a crossover at some point. Especially since I liked Endo Tatsuya before he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, but yeah, good good episode, though. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, note while episode 44 minutes, our interview with Joey Weiser. Another great conversation with Joey about uh, his artistic origins and then his process and then some of his inspirations behind uh, the book. So... I really love that conversation too. Yeah, that was a that was a good episode too. I really want to have him back on if we ever talk about something like Doctor Slump or whatever. Like, I I just want to have Joey back on at some point. But yeah, an eclectic assortment of episodes voted for. A lot of crossover with our favorites, and it was really cool to see what episodes people really have latched onto. And I'm gonna look forward to seeing uh, at the end of this year with all the episodes we still have to put out, and we have some big ones planned how the 2019 survey results are going to look and what are people's favorite episodes from this year after the year is over. So that's going to be fun to see too. But now let's celebrate the people who come on the show and help make it all possible and help us have a lot of really awesome conversations about manga. Uh, let's talk about our favorite guests that have been on Mag and Mavericks. And I think we're all in agreement here that uh, Maxi and Bobber, you guys are MVPs. We love you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I do want to put it out there that anybody who we have had on the show, like we, 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 we enjoy talking to everybody. Oh, I love everyone who's come on the show. We've had amazing conversations with everyone we've had on, 
And, uh, like, the show would not be what it is without them coming on and sharing their insights and just talking about manga they love with us. Like, I really appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, yeah, Maxi and Palmer are pretty easy choices because, of one, we, we, just, we just like talking to them. And, two, we, 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 we have them on, like, quite a lot. But uh, I'm trying to think, in, in terms of, like, who else... I really enjoy talking to as I, I really enjoy talking to Nick in particular on certain series just because like, I guess, depending on what we have him for, like, like the Bakuman episode, like I, I really enjoyed having on somebody who was just like, nah, fuck this thing. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think we really, I think we really needed that. Um, we, we, we really needed somebody who wasn't was like super amazing. nostalgic oh, for Bakuman already. Like, yeah, I, I, I think he really balanced us out pretty well, actually. And, like, he had informed insights into why, like, he didn't like Bakuman's perspective on the manga industry and why it was incorrect. So he brought a lot to the table in terms of providing uh, a really great critique of the series from that perspective, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm, for sure. I guess uh, any anybody you want to uh, shout out, Lum, in particular? I mean, Jason Thompson, again, he was such a formative voice in getting me to learn about manga and interest in reading manga and like the reason I became a collector of manga was because I was inspired by the idea of House of a Thousand Manga. I wanted to collect a thousand manga volumes and now And now you did like it. Fifteen hundred, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that again, I mentioned before, it was I it was so surreal that I was actually we actually got to talk with him, uh, but, and I really love the conversation we had with him. Like, he was super insightful, and we, he's super passionate. I just absolutely was enthralled with that entire conversation, and it's just still amazing to me that that happened. And similarly, Shane and Garrity, the episode, as of this recording, has come out yet, but man, talking to her about Saints, yeah, like, Shane and Jason both together, I was reading their stuff, writing back in the day about manga, and of course, reading the series they worked on, so, and, and these are, like, two people that were, like, huge influences on me, so it was just amazing to talk with them. Uh, but honestly, all, all of our guests I love talking to, but the, our industry guests in particular, we learn so much from them and they offer such great insights into the in industry and on the series they work on that I just absolutely adore those conversations mm-hmm. for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think one that really stood out to me even, even to this day is like when we had Annalisa Chrisman on. Uh, to talk about Black Clover and how and and you know how she talked about how she she has gotten to talk with you know Tabata you know in person at Jump Festa and just talking to him about all these things about the series and whatnot. And it was really cool to like to hear from her in particular like what Tabata is like in person. Like we don't like how often do you get to hear stuff like that? Yeah, that was an awesome anecdote. And Annalisa was our first industry guest we had on the show too so that's true that, yeah the episode on black clover recorded with her and like uh the conversation we have with her that is also something i an episode i really find very special yeah me too and um i'm really proud of uh, it's definitely one of our most popular episodes too especially on youtube uh and you know our episode on pokemon adventures that is 
our most popular episode on YouTube by far, and still, like, one of our most popular episodes, like, overall. So I really love that Pokemon Adventures retrospective, and both her and Vix, who, again, I I, I should definitely give a shout-out, because Vix, man, I love talking with her. She's insanely passionate about so many different things, and insanely funny, too, so... Like, every conversation that she can come on, especially on app movies, is always gold. It's always a trail ride, even if it goes on extremely long. <laughs> Way so. too long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> so, yeah, man. But, so, gotta thank Wick for coming on the show, too. Uh, but, yeah, again, everyone who's come on the show. I just have so many great memories speaking with them and uh, having great conversations with them, so... But but I guess uh, Bomber, as someone who listens to our podcast at least every once in a while, um, do you, do you do you have any guests that uh, you like listening to in particular that you want to shout out? Or I mean, the one that I need, like I said, I need to listen to Caleb Cook episode because I, I feel like uh, you've you've all said so much about it, and I actually know well not know know him, but I've talked to him, so I feel like that would be an episode I would want to sit down and listen to at some point. Um, but I can't say offhand that I have anybody that I like super would like to shout out other than wanting to listen to his episode, but definitely some of the guests that you've said I would like to go back to now, now that I've been, you know, hearing you talk about them. I had no idea that you had somebody that actually met among artists on here. <laughs> like, that's pretty awesome. Like, I don't think many people could say that. I I talked to somebody who talked to a lot of artists. <laughs> so. Very, very few podcasts have that, uh, have that accolade, for you sure. Have, yeah, yeah you've, you have, like, a lot of power. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely would, well, I guess at some point, maybe before the 200th soul, I'll mention that. <laughs> That uh, I'll have somebody in mind to actually say, yeah, this is an episode I'd like to shout out. I mean, it, and it's nothing against Margaret Mavericks. I'm just terrible listening to podcasts in general. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I listen to 60 podcasts. I'm behind <laughs> on all of them. Oh, wow. I don't even think I listen to 10. Why do you keep up with 60 podcasts? You want to look on my phone? You want to read all the ones I listen to out loud? I realize. Why do you have to down and you'll see. You'll see, V-Lord. What does it say at the bottom here? It'll say probably like 57. Okay, it's, it's, it's loaded up all of them, so it doesn't shorten the list to tell you how the numbers. You're going to have to count manually, but I assure you, it's a multiple dozen. It's like five dozen. It's 60. How do you keep up with all these? I don't. <laughs> That's why I'm behind. Well, listen, I, I guess if, like if we, we all have something like that, because I have far too many manga and far too many anime that I'm super duper behind on. I mean, we have so, that issue too. Same. <laughs> so it's not even... I, I, it's, it's, uh, we, we, we're, we're all behind massively behind in something i guess now that at least i've got some free time and can start catching up on things or add more things which is likely more <laughs> likely to what's gonna happen look <laughs> so. look i hate that i hate that you say that because like i'm the exact same way um <laughs> 
get it's it's ter- it's terrible. We have so many options, and it's it's terrible. I actually want to go back to the day. Some days I want to go back to where we only had like two anime and two manga available on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball Z. That's it. Maybe Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, then you, you had so few options. It was just like, okay, well, I could get caught up with three series. That's not bad. But now you got. You got stuff on Netflix, you got stuff on Crunchyroll, you got stuff on Hulu, you got stuff on Amazon. I literally have, like, thousands and thousands of titles in my plan to watch on, like, both, like, my anime list and Annie list that I'll humanly never get to. Um, Yo, same. I have some of anime and manga that I have physically that I have still never read or watched. Oh my god. What, like, amount of the manga we own do you think we've actually read? At least half. <laughs> That's oh still God. like 750 bucks. And it's even worse when you can read Japanese and nothing stops you. It's not like, oh, that's not translated. I guess I can't oh read God. it. Oh, well. No, no. It's like... That's not an option for you. Yeah, it's like, I see the cover. Like, any other people will see the cover and be like, oh, I can't read this and put it aside. But me, I'm like, ah, oh, great. The cover's cool. I hate this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Blessing and well, a curse. Well, here, V-Lord, while, while you're counting down all of Lum's podcasts that they definitely listened to. He didn't do to, that at all. He gave up. It was too many for him. Why, why don't you... Why, do, do you have any guests that you want to shout out while we're talking about a favorite guest at all? Or um, I guess besides the ones that are already mentioned, um, I really like the uh, episode uh, that Bucky came on for. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the We Never Learn one. Just, like, his, like, all talk about, like, uh... How like the series handles Moe and like uh, all the stuff with like uh, Kirisu Sensei? Yeah, yeah. I found that to be a very interesting discussion. Um, also, the David Brothers uh, interview. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a good one too. Like uh, I've seen David Brothers like several times at cons, but I've always been uh, like afraid to talk to him. <laughs> so like just like hearing the conversation and getting to learn more about him and like what he's done in the comic industry as well as the manga industry was just really cool. Yeah, David Brothers is an awesome person with just a fascinating career history and just a decade plus of editorial experience writing about comics and reading his stuff uh, in preparation for the podcast, you know, getting a refresher. It's just an amazing thing, you know. So I was super excited going into it. We had an incredible conversation. That's three and a half hours that breezed by because it was just a lot of fascinating topics that we talked about. And yeah, that was an awesome, awesome combo too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Buggy as well, yeah, I loved having him and open on for that we love earlier discussion. They brought a lot of great uh, points uh, to talk about the series, and I especially loved that we all had a different best girl. So that um, impromptu manga fight we had over uh, which one was the best was a lot of fun as well. Oh man, uh, yeah, but Buggy's always a great guest. I love, I love having him on and and Hoven as well. Uh, definitely gonna have those guys on again at some point, as well as David Brothers. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's go over the poll results then. Yeah, and so there's three of our guests in particular that got the most votes, and one of them happens to be on this very podcast. Bomber, you are definitely one of our most popular guests still. Oh, but. <laughs> If you are right alongside the ranks of 
other great guests we've had on, like Jason Thompson and Kayla Cook. How is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> Sakaki, you're underestimating your clout again. You need to get a clout check. You know what? I'm going, to quit, I'm going to quit questioning it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take the compliment, Bomber. I, okay, yeah, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> Chad <point>. Coffee. <laughs> oh, and uh, I, I, I think, I think all three of those people deserve to uh, deserve those uh, the amount of votes they got for sure. For sure. Uh, after them, uh, who another person who also got uh, more than one mention was Marion, and definitely again, uh, she brought. A lot of fascinating points to the Banafish conversation, and I really uh, appreciated uh, like every like that conversation because of you know again all the things that we went into and in general I love Marion's passion for classic shoujo and boys love series and she's been doing a ton of great work on her YouTube channel recently. She's made videos on Banafish and Given recently, and she made a great half-hour episode on Magical Girls. So definitely check out her recent YouTube stuff if you want to hear more of her insights on the classic JoJo and Boys Love stuff. But yeah, Marion was a great guest to have on for Banafish, and I definitely think with future classic JoJo that we're, we want to cover on the show or Boys Love stuff, I'd love to have her on again for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. And then some other guests who got noms uh, as people's favorites include Jeff Ruber and Chris Larios, Buggy, Hoven, and David Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J- Jeff is always really interesting to have on, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, because he so because w- whenever we do have him on, it's it's usually to I I think the first time we had him had him on was our My Hero Academia discussion, which was fun. Uh, but I think most of the other times we had him on, it's usually been about like the technical side of stuff. Like I know we had him on to talk about the Shonen Jump app, you know, like pre-release, uh, kind of. I I I think that's when you guys recorded that, right? Yeah, we, yeah, that was a part of the big Shonen Jump retrospective. In fact, there were two conversations with Jeff on that episode. One you uh, discussed with him earlier in the summer, and then the one that Bueller and I had with him about the new app. So, yeah, we've had Jeff on just for those MHA podcasts and that uh, Shonen Jump retrospective. So we definitely got to get him on again uh, at some point in the future, since it has been a while. Also, by the way, I cannot believe we forgot to mention our huge Shonen Jump episode. That's definitely another one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that was definitely a big one. Considering how much work I had to put into editing that, I'm super proud of how that came out. Yeah, but that was... Uh, amazing tribute to the magazine that has produced series that we hold dear to our heart. It's been a huge part of our lives, and you did an amazing job uh, assembling that together, and I'm really proud of that episode and uh, what we did with it, because, I, it, you know, I, a lot of people had a uh, it was very well received too, so a lot of people appreciated it. Even on the Apple Podcast reviews, I know there's one review where somebody's like, "Hey, check out these guys' uh, Shonen and Jump episode. It's pretty good," and that really yeah. that really makes me happy. <laughs> oh, um, I'm not promising we're going to do something like that again this year, anyway. But because I, I know we mentioned like we wanted to interview more people, that that's something I think we should do at some point. But we'll when we find the time for it, we'll see. Because I, I would, I would maybe like to do a follow up to that at some point. I just don't know when. 
we kind of extended off of that into interviewing different people about uh, just themselves and the work they're doing, including people in Baller Trying Jump, like Jason Thompson. That's true. In a way, that interview with Jason was kind of a follow-up to that uh, short and jump retrospective. But uh, definitely, I mean, there's still more topics to talk about for sure, and more people I hope we can interview in the future for sure. So you'll definitely see both more short and jump discussion from us and more interviews from us. It's like we said in that episode, we had a shit ton of people we wanted to add on for that episode, yeah. but we just we just couldn't. We just couldn't really find the time. But, yeah, I mean, again, I want to thank just all the guests that we've had on the show so far. And uh, fun fact, you know, Colton, do you know how many people we've had on the show uh, to this point? If you say 100 people, I'm going to lose my shit. Well, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we've had 30 guests on the show. Okay. Uh, well, actually, at the time of this recording, technically that would be 32, because there's an episode that we won't put out till after this that we already recorded. Mm-hmm. But... Half of those people that uh, we've had on the show, we've only had on the show for the first time this year. Oh, so wow. this year alone, we've had more people on the show than we did in the past three years uh, combined. So I'm very, I'm proud of that direction the show is taking, that we're getting more people on uh, and we're having more diverse viewpoints and we're having more interview episodes. And I think that's just a really great development for the show. And I, I, that's a direction that I love personally. Cause I, again, I, I love those interview episodes and talking about people's career histories. And then I love getting people, uh, new people on to talk about series they love. So I'm glad that we've been doing more of that and like we've increased the amount of guests that we've had on the show this year. And I, I hope to continue with that upwards direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as as much as I'm sometimes I'm kind of okay with being like, oh, we'll just fight this person on like, like, I, I'm I'm very much the kind of person who's very okay with going to my go to's when it comes to like certain topics. But like, I, I, I do like this direction we're heading in where it's like we like you said, we've had a more diverse group of people on the show this year, which I think is which I think is just good for the show. So it keeps the show more interesting. Yeah, I I said it about last year too, but like this year is definitely the best year of the show so far. I think I would I, think I would say so. That's a good thing to say is that we're continuing to have more fun on the show and be better and better as a podcast. So I like that I can say that last year I was feeling super good about the show, but this year I'm feeling even better. So I'm really jazzed about that that direction of the show. I think that's a good thing to to say on your 100 episodes, say that, you know, you're, we've done so much great work so far, but now I'm excited that I think we're going to be doing even better stuff in the future. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I guess, um, do we have any favorite Maga Maverick moments we want to talk about? Because uh, mine's, mine's I because I, I always go to uh, uh, that one episode where I'm just finding out that you say Matsui was coming to Anime NYC back in, uh, was that 2016 or 2017? That was 2016, like summer 2016 is when we recorded that episode. And fall 2016, that Comic-Con was when Yusei Matsui came to New York Comic-Con. So yeah, that was first year of the show. Very early days. Oh man, that moment to me is still probably my favorite just because like, I just, you could just tell how genuine I'm like, wait, what? It was it was pretty funny, and if if I haven't said it enough, like thank you for getting me that autographed copy of Assassination Classroom. That's like 
That's like one of my favorite things that I own right now. It's that was really nice of you to do that. Like you didn't have to do that, but you did. My pleasure. I mean, that was just an amazing experience meeting using Mopsley, and I know how much he means to you as a creator. So I'm glad I could get you that book, and uh, and hopefully one day you'll be like he'll come back to Wakanda, and then we can meet him again in person. Oh man, that would be amazing. Um. I think my other favorite moment recently that I have with a bomber, again, relating to another con thing, I think my favorite moments really are just like when my favorite creators are going to cons I can't go to. So I just end up begging you guys to get me autographed things for stuff. Uh, those are pretty funny to me in, in particular, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. It's, it's One day we'll um, get you to outside, a con. Outside of those, like, it's really hard for me to think of like like moments from the show because it's like... We've recorded so many episodes at this point. Yeah. I mean, there are, like, some standout moments that our listeners mentioned in the survey. So I'm trying to think of ones that they didn't already cover. Well, actually, you know, I like uh, when I do the dramatic intros where I go on this long monologue (laughs) and thing. Uh, I think this episode hasn't come out yet. But we had the Mario machinations on to talk about B-Stars, and after I did my whole spiel at the beginning of that, Dekazi was like, oh uh, no, uh, Darfox was like, you know, um, I listened to the show, so I, I know, knew to expect this, but it's, it's totally different actually being there to experience <laughs> it in person. So that was a really fun moment. And uh, uh, again, to pull the curtain back, there there have been times where like I'll talk to certain guests like before we... Uh, before we record the show and uh there will be some times where i'm like because sometimes they'll be like oh hey uh should i like what what should i be ready for to talk about or whatever just to be prepared and i'm just like well first off uh my friend lum is gonna start off with a skit so just be prepared for that and i don't mean be prepared (laughs) as in be prepared to join i mean just be prepared like (laughs) sometimes i do warn them ahead of time because it's like and I mean, I, I don't, and I'm not saying I don't like them. I don't. I don't want it to come off like that. But there are some times where, like, I feel like we have guests on, and then you you come out, you you just you just hit the ground running with a skit or whatever. And I feel like sometimes our guests are like, "How do I follow that up? Like, what am I supposed to do with that?" <laughs> I, I do get a sense when some of the guests are taking it back. Oh, but this isn't one of the numbered episodes. But I'm gonna mention it anyway. The Dragon Ball Super retrospective. That was good. When. Yeah, when I did, like, the big, uh, like, dramatic <laughs> recap in a style of, like, a Dragon Ball Super opening recap, and then Sam was like, wow, that was really cool, that was awesome. <laughs> that was really great, too. <laughs> I, I love, because, like, like he, he, hearing it, you know, just, just you kind of doing whatever was one thing, but ha- having, hearing the final episode, which, again, that's another one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> I have to say, um, just, just, just hear, hearing it, like, edited with all the, like, music and stuff, like, that, that was an experience, like. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is one of the ones I'm really proud of, for sure. I didn't put it on the survey because it's not one of the numbered uh, one to one hundred episodes. But yeah, in terms of like episodes we've done where I'm I'm super proud of uh, the editing in particular, and like ones that I've edited, I'm proud of in particular. That one is super high up there. Cause, oh yeah, uh, I I I went all out on that one. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, any anything either one of you guys want to mention at all uh, that you can think of? Anyway, uh, 
I don't know. Like, I, 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 this is bad, but I, I feel like all the podcasts I'm with on with Colton are running together, so I'm not sure it was Wonka. That That's totally fair. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I, I'm not sure if it was Wonka Mavericks. Or, I, but I remember we had, like, wasn't, what we had, like, a, like, manga fight? And it was, yeah, like, that was a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, yeah, that was it. Was awkward because we both ended up basically agreeing with each other. <laughs> oh, that, like, that was it was funny. supposed to be this whole like it was hyped up to be this whole thing where we have like really different opinions and yeah, Colton, you're wrong. I'm right. And we were just like, no, we were just kind of like buttering around. Like, yeah, I agree with his. Uh, oh, <laughs> I remember when Colton gave up on one of the rounds, and I was like mad. It was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw the fight. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was like, oh, well, that was horrible. I thought it was funny as shit, honestly. Yeah, it was great. It was like, because we both came on there, we just, we just had nothing really to disagree about. <laughs> You're both just too friendly. You gotta be aggressive. <laughs> I am not a very competitive person. No, nope. not not all the time, anyway. No, I, I mean, like, it, it really takes a lot for me. To, I mean, I can I can be competitive, but it takes a lot to get. I'm just very laid back. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, yeah, that but that that was fun though. Just like even if it was, even if we kind of failed the fight portion, just kind of you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was yeah, it was Nero versus um S class, right? I think it was general using yeah Moxley yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah okay I remember, I remember now. now and I mean if, I I remember it now only because I started I picked up my neuro reread that I had like on the back burner for like three a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> so I started reading it again and I was just like oh yeah I remember that Colton and I were like trying <laughs> to have a, cover, a fight about this but like I mean they're both but they're both just really good series <laughs> so yeah but that was a special episode too because we recorded our discussion of using monster Wii and then the manga fight like back to back and it was like did we yeah we did it was like hours long recording session. Oh, I, I feel it, God. I don't think it was eight hours long. It might have been like six hours I'm long. I'm really glad we session. don't do that anymore. I gotta be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that would be uh, overkill. But it was special. It was like the first time we had Bomber on the show, too. That, that's true, so. yeah. I mean, not, not, that I, not that I didn't have fun. I'm just saying I, I don't think I have the energy for six hour plus <laughs> podcasts anymore. <laughs> at least not in the row. Uh, V-Lord, any, anything you want to bring up at all? Um, so I put this one in the survey, but, uh, it's the time when, uh, Lum got super mad about Cross Account. Uh, yeah, the Cross Account rant is another classic moment, I think. Okay, okay, no, no, I just, I'm just trying to picture Sid being mad. <laughs> it, it's, it's not coming to me. <laughs> like, you're, like, the jolliest person I know, and I'm just, I'm, like, oh, when, when he you. said that, I'm like, huh. Have I ever seen him upset? <laughs> I'm I'm sure we have this up on YouTube, and I'll have to send you a link or something, but it, it is something to behold. Just a breakdown where I was like, I hate this stupid nice guy manga, this stupid bad messages, bad protagonist, it's garbage. Uh, like, I don't remember. And then you started it. screaming, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> God okay, damn no, it. no. Okay, that'll be my first episode of the watch. That was when I walked into the room. (laughs) 
Yes, and then I mentioned that you had walked in the room and you didn't know the story on your back out. I, I, my, my, favorite, my favorite part of that, too, was like, Maxie said, like, V-Lord is never coming back. <laughs> Okay, no, I have to, have to check this. Out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll find it on YouTube and I'll send you the link, Palmer. Please do, because I okay, that'll be the one I'll make myself sing. Listen to because that I, that sounds incredible. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't know if we can ever reach that point again. I feel like we peaked as far as rants go. <laughs> okay, I thought when Tokyo Shinobi Squad came out, it was going to happen again. But, like, Lum was way more chill about that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I just kind of recaptured magic, I guess. Or I don't think... I don't remember if I went on an impassioned, angry rant for that. I feel like you had gotten most of your anger out of your system at that point. Not really, because, like, T- Tokyo Shinobi Squad had, like, that one moment in the beginning of the chapter, that one line of dialogue that was kind of suspect, but, like, it didn't really, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know if it's, like, changed since I, like, read those, read that first chapter, but, like, it hasn't really, like, I don't know, n- nothing like that has really come up as far as, again, as far as I've seen, anyway, I don't know. I've heard it's just been really generic, <laughs> and that's kind of it. That, that was yeah. my thing, too. Yeah, like, with that series, like, that first chapter the nationalistic messages skewed me out and i was like very uncomfortable with them but i don't know if i was angry necessarily i was just like woof this is a really bad message really suspect background for the series but then as the series has gone on it's not really politically motivated at all it doesn't actually have really any philosophy behind it and it's kind of just an action series with characters with special powers. It, it doesn't really have anything beyond that. Like, it doesn't have a philosophy, it doesn't have any politics it wants to talk about. It's just action in this world. And it's it's kind of boring now, like, reading it. I'm like, there's just nothing to latch onto in this series because I don't understand the motivation of the, the protagonist. I don't understand what his goal is, necessarily. And then I don't really understand what's at stake in the world so i guess that's a whole other conversation when we do like a inevitable canceled jump episode on tokyo shinobi squad and it's definitely getting canceled soon considering the the sales (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've only read one chapter myself because i I guess maybe uh, i don't know if you all saw it but i just blindly picked up the jump app one week and read everything in the magazine aside from the stuff that i'm not reading you know i'm reading in volumes so and yeah, I mean, I read the one chapter. I mean, I like the artwork. I mean, it had some of the best artwork I've seen in, for that week. But like, yeah, it didn't seem like there was much else going on for it. But then again, this is just from me reading one chapter. So yeah, I mean, I get there's fun. There are parts that I didn't mind. Like I sort of like the Poppylon's arc, where it was like her friend was like this idol or something and she was kidnapped and all that that part that that those chapters weren't too bad but like i also wasn't emotionally invested in like when the main character jean was fighting or the villains at all so it's like it's just a series that is just an average shonen action series but there's no again there's not really anything powerful behind it that i can really latch on to so i just find it just kind of a boring read week to week because there's 
there's not really any direction it seems like it's going. But that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, but yeah, that that cross account rant I think is it's 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 definitely every time we have a survey now, like that always comes up, and I think it's really left its mark on our listeners. Yeah, I'm definitely in the survey for 2017. There were multiple mentions of the cross account rant being people's favorite moments of the year. So, and that definitely is uh, immortalized as a iconic manga memory. It is a piece of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get this isn't in a numbered episode, but kind of along the same way. I don't think as many people have met pointed it out but for me i in terms of like utter like crazy off the wall moments that have happened in podcasts you've recorded like in the in the gintama live action movie at movies when uh we're we're introducing this the segment and then we we kind of have this joke that oh the movie was like bad you know it was, it was okay it was whatever <laughs> and then you 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 go to me and i say it was uh, the most offensive, the most terrible, a blight uh, on humanity, abortion on the franchise. <laughs> Why have you done, Yuichifuka? <laughs> Why have you done to me, <laughs> Like, the, the, the escalation of my anger there, and then the, the way I break down into that uh, scream. I, I just love that so much. I think every time Lum screams is a new, like, memorable moment. And then Doctor again was like, wow, you know... Uh, I didn't know you had the range. <laughs> yeah, uh, as someone who constantly records with Doctor on uh, on other stuff, like we're we're normally like very chill on on a lot of his stuff. Uh, even even when he like tries to bring energy to certain things, like there's there's still a certain like chillness factor to him. I don't know. I don't really know what you want to call it. Um, he he's still it's still very low energy. So like ha- having you and him on like the same recording and him like witnessing. Uh, the kind of energy you bring to podcasting, I, I, I don't want to say it like clashes a little bit, but I don't think it's something he used. He's like kind of used to, so that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's Whiplash Central. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a great moment. Huh. But no, yeah, I guess. Uh, what, what were some moments that the uh, that that our listeners brought up? Well, a lot of people uh, like. When we bring up uh, industry guests on the show, uh, one person mentioned that uh, industry guests are a great way to get an insight on the localization side, and I agree. Uh, one person really liked our interview with uh, Caleb Cook, and uh, Maxi, I think, definitely would mention the Chaos of the Sleepy Princess episode, that opening sketch. <laughs> I listened to that one recently, it was like, yeah, it is super funny, because we, we generally ha- stayed up late because we had a wee party the day before, <laughs> and so, it was performative, but I liked how, I mentioned actual real things that we did the day before, like watching Fits in the North Star and going to Taco Bell <laughs> at midnight, so that makes it extra funny to me, re-listening re- to it, but yeah, like... It's, I, the way I sound all sleep drunk, and I'm like, what? what's going on? <laughs> and then it just like careens somehow into introducing Bobber and then Colton and Maxie. And that like Maxie, Maxie playing into the bit. And he's like, dear listener, 
I, he says it in such a calm voice, and it's like, I am here to introduce you to the introduction of this episode. <laughs> what the fuck was just happened? That was, that was pretty good. Um, I like how one person in our survey just said everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate it. It's like, I'm, I'm glad you know, people are enjoying the show and, uh, they really have been, you know, enjoying, uh, the episodes that we've been putting out. And I'm glad that, you know, people are just having fun, uh, as we're having fun. But, uh, of course, uh, I gotta mention that, you know, someone did mention that, uh, anytime Bomber or Weekly Shonen Sunday guys on the podcast is their favorite moment. So. Hey, Weekly Shonen Sunday guy. <laughs> But, uh, also, uh, and the speaking of real early moments, uh, I hate it. No context <laughs> given, but I know exactly oh my what God. you're talking about. Uh, the episodes three of the podcast, when we, uh, reviewed Sketch Dance, and, you know, Colton starts up and asks me, what do you think of Sketch Dance? And I was like, I hate it! Uh, could I miss that? Cause, you know. Oh, no, like, it was, uh, the, the, these were separate moments because, like, way early on, I think we talked about Sket Dance a little bit, and I, I don't. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's episode three of the podcast. Oh, okay, okay. The episode literally child, I hate it. <laughs> After the moment in the, in the episode. Oh, man. Oh, and, and I think, I think we brought that back when we actually reviewed Sket Dance, and you were like, I. Loved it! And I was like, oh, great. I was going to have to kill you if you didn't, or something. I don't know. <laughs> now, that yeah. would have been a real moment. Colton killing someone on the air. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that would definitely make for a very interesting Manga Mavericks moment. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez. Um, well, I guess we can uh, I guess we can move on to, uh, I guess, our... Our favorite part of Manga Mavericks. Um, th- this was kind of a vague question. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like segment or just an aspect of the show. That's why it's kind of like open to interpretation. Or like just what about Manga Mavericks do you find appealing? I I guess uh, really like our, our series discussions, I think, are, have become like our bread and butter. Like no question. I would agree, and a lot of the survey takers agree as well. A lot of people just mentioned series discussions as their favorite aspect of the show. Yeah, that's what I put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is real funny, and like I've I've mentioned this on the show before. Like originally, because I was in a weird place where like we were starting up Manga Mavericks, but I I was also still helping produce the Manga Corner over at uh, the now defunct Anime Three Thousand. And, um, you know, we were already kind of reviewing stuff on there, and I, I didn't really want to do, like, two review shows at once, just something about that didn't really sit right with me, somehow. Um, so at first, I, uh, at least the way I envisioned Manga Mavericks, I, I wanted it to just kind of be just kind of a news show, like, where we could talk about broader topics, but... I don't know. I, I think it all started with our Tokyo Ghoul discussion because, like, I had mentioned, like, okay, fine. I guess I'll, tr- I guess I'll try Tokyo Ghoul because it's popular. Yeah, this was a running go- joke on the show that we need to read Tokyo Ghoul because it was <laughs> topping the NYT list like every week. It just kept we haunting you guys. It. Yeah, like it just kept coming up. So we were like, well, we we gotta figure out why Tokyo Ghoul is so popular. So we actually gotta read this thing. And, uh, we did. And that was, like, our first, like, long series discussion. Because before that, in previous episodes, we would mention a little bit what we were reading, 
like, again, Sketch Dance in episode 3, and of course we talked about jump starts in uh, those first couple episodes, but then Tokyo Ghoul is when we first did a real big series of Yashin, and then after that we had uh, Yu Matsui, where we talked about Neuro and Classroom, and then from there we just started doing series discussions more and more. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember one of our first ones was also, like, Ajin, and then we, yeah. we just kind of went from there. Um yeah, but uh, I I think it's just kind of funny how I was so rep- reprehensive about like you know doing series reviews, and then n- now now it's like now it's like the thing I really look forward to the most, honestly, to the point where it's like you know so sometimes we do like whole like all news episodes because we need to catch up on news and stuff, or there are certain news pieces we need to talk about on the show, and uh, not not that I not that I don't look forward to those, but it's like sometimes it's like oh man. I hope we, I don't know, like, I, I look forward to our serious discussions more than I do, like, just talking about news all the time, I guess. Like, I, I like I like the balance that we have between those, I guess, at this point. I'd agree. I do have fun talking about news, but definitely serious discussions are, uh, I think, our bread and butter, especially at this point. And I think as far as news pieces that I like talking about most, I definitely think it's, like, the, the book scan lists and general lists and uh, popularity poll results. I always have a lot of fun talking about. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh, there's another fun moment that I really liked. is when we were talking about the Promise Neverland popularity poll. And you were like, <laughs> and you tried to guess, like, who placed where and who some of these characters were. And you didn't know that uh, Hugo had been named yet, so. Yeah, I, I wasn't caught up at that point. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun moment. Didn't Colton also joke that Phil was going to be on the list? Yeah, he was. He was number four. Yeah, like Phil was actually really popular. Yeah, I yeah I, I yeah okay I remember that. I didn't think he was that popular. No, not even it's like Phil. Yeah, but Anna, like literally, a, Anna's Anna. never done anything. <laughs> no, she hasn't. That was that was funny. It's because she has blonde hair. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And I then I liked that thumbnail lot I drew where it was like you go talking to Anna and it was like, Who are you? I'm the fifth worst possible character from the Neverland. Um you get like why? I, I love that thumbnail. That, that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was good. I, I forgot about that. Um my I guess uh, I guess in terms of the podcast, I guess do you do you do you bomber of Lord have any particular uh, like, uh, what, what, do, what do you like about listening to Manga Mavericks? I guess, or, or is it just the serious discussions? I guess, like we mentioned, that I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean that's fair. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, 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 do, I, yeah, of course, there's that. But again, I just like, I just like you guys, honestly. I mean, I, Aww, thanks, I, buddy. Thank you. I enjoy hearing you. You know talk about stuff you're passionate about. I enjoy anybody talk about the talk about stuff they're passionate about, but I especially like hearing my friends talk about stuff they're passionate they're passionate about. And I learn things that I couldn't have, you know, on my own. Like Well I was gonna say, did, haven't you mentioned before I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or, or like maybe like we talked about it off mic, but like I know you've mentioned before how like you know, you, you like listening to when we talk about licensing news because it's we're I don't know if this is correct or, or not, but like I'm pretty sure you've told me at one point that we're basically like 
are like the only way that you keep up with like licensing like over in the west <laughs> yeah that's true like i i don't it's really bad i have no idea what's being licensed or what's being brought over because most of the i haven't really purchased any manga in english and like the only thing i'm buying in english right now is hunter hunter and and you know that comes out once every million years <laughs> so uh other than that i buy everything in japanese so i have no real need to keep up with licensing news so when i'm on when i listen to the news or i'm on doing news with colton that's when i find out that stuff's actually available in english <laughs> so that's always that's always something that's really enlightening to me because i mean i do want to start getting back to the point where i am reading stuff in english well, no, I did, I did, I have been buying, of course, the Shonen Sunday stuff to review it. I mean, well, technically not buying, because it gives it to me, but I buy the Japanese versions, and I read the English versions. <laughs> so, yeah, but generally speaking, I, you know, 99% of the manga I buy is in Japanese, so it's interesting to hear what finally made its way across the pond and everything. I mean, anime... Anime, I'm usually pretty caught up with because I mean I watch stuff on Crunchyroll, so it, I'm usually able to tell what's streaming or what's being brought over that way. But yeah, manga is like a whole different animal. Other than you know Jump, because pretty much anything that's in Jump is brought over. So, but yeah, it's it's I I just like hearing you guys. Honestly, that that's probably my and of course you know being on here. It's not. I'm I'm still weirded out by the fact that I'm super popular, but okay. <laughs> but, I mean, besides that, it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, this is like one of the first, well, one of the only podcasts I've been on. I don't think I've really been on, I've been on Buggy's show once. I've been on some of Doctor's stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Life yeah, Lessons. And, and Life Lessons, technically, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So I've been on, the, yeah, I've been on a couple things, but like, this is the one I've been on the most frequently, so... That's that's true, yeah, yeah, and I mean, hey, that that's a that's a valid favorite thing is the personalities. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I mean, for me at least, as long as like, even if I don't necessarily agree with or know much about the subject matter that somebody's discussing, I mean, the personalities are very very important. I think you guys really play off well each other well. You know, you got Colton who's more laid back, and you got Sid who's like, you know. Keeps things interesting, and it, you know, you, you guys have a really good, really good chemistry. Like, you wouldn't want two people that are just kind of like, uh, well, you know, manga, yeah, manga, <laughs> manga, <laughs> and you wouldn't want two people that are like, ah, and then you can't hear anything. <laughs> so it's like, you, you, you're <laughs> constantly shouting in the mic. Yeah, I would hate that. Um, yeah, that's what reaction videos on YouTube are, and that's why I don't care. For oh them too God, much. yeah, don't even get started. <laughs> um, oh God, I mean, it's funny you say that because I feel like. Uh, um, I feel like that's kind of how the show started off a little bit, because uh, Lum and I didn't really know each other, like, super well before the show. Like, we had recorded, like, life lessons together, and that was kind of it. Um, so it, it it was it's kind of funny that it so happened that, like, when I... Because I, I think All Comic was looking for people to talk about manga, but, like, I don't... I'm not really a writer. Like, podcasting is the, where I feel the most comfortable talking about the things I like. So it's like, I'll start a podcast, and... You know, our webmaster, Tyler, was just kind of like, okay, uh, the podcast with this guy. And I'm like, oh, I've recorded with you before. And that's kind of how it started off. But uh, <laughs> I, th I think I can say that uh, Lum's become a good friend of mine since then. So, Thank you. You have for me as well. And, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, 
three and a half years ago. It's just kind of how it all started. Like, I applied to All Comic because I was looking for a new creative outlet, and I mentioned that I'd be interested in doing a podcast because after doing my lessons, I was like, oh, I got these for this. I, I want more. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny how things ended up. But, man, the show is really become a big part of my life and I, it's changed my life for a bit be- for the better i've met so many awesome people i've had so many great experiences so actually man I'm, I, oh I really, yeah, go ahead go ahead uh, no i'm just i'm super happy that we started the show because like i i can't imagine my life without at this point it's just become such a big part of it and i've had so many great experiences and uh fun times doing it Mm-hmm, for sure. I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like an old Colton, like a huge debt. <laughs> like, and he probably doesn't even, like, remember, but before, I I had a Twitter basically just to follow around Fukuchi to stalk him, and I was, I think we met, we met on the, um, Yorazuya Soul Forums, right? Yeah, I, I think, I, I, I think so, yeah. I, I had seen you post around, and... You know, I was like, it'd be really cool if I got this guy to come on Life Lessons. Yeah, so, like, and for a while you were, like, pursuing me to do it, and that was around the time I left the forums, because it was just getting really, really toxic there. <laughs> so, yeah. I left, and you pursued me for an interview, and then, like, I mean, basically, to make a long story short, like, he was the one that ousted me on Twitter as the Gintama translator dude. Because before that, I was just, like, another account. You know, people didn't really know who I was. And I didn't really... It wasn't like I was trying to hide that I translate into. It was just something I didn't really... Because, again, my Twitter was really just to follow Fukuchi. Not really to post or anything. And then, you know, it was like, hey, hey this guy translate Gintama. And then I got, like, all these people <laughs> following me. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, so I won't go too deep into it. And then, you know, I think it's because of that that I met Josh. And then started working uh, stuff yeah, for right. him. And then I got even more followers, and then, yeah, so I, a lot of my, like, clout actually came from Colton ousting me as a guitar translator, so I actually owe him a lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Uh, th- th- thank you, I know. Uh, anyway, uh, I forget where my train of thought was going. Uh, I guess... Uh, V-Lord, I guess, was there anything you wanted to... Uh, did I already ask? I don't know. No, did, I, did you mention what your favorite part of... Oh, you did put on the survey with Sirius. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I, mean, right. I, I guess, yeah, it's usually serious discussions. Like, Because I just like hearing your guys' thoughts on, like, everything. Um, that's fair, But yeah. I guess besides that, like, I just really like listening to the podcast. Because, like, like Glum, like, my life has kind of changed a lot just from, like... See him being involved in the podcast and just everything revolving around it. Like, I started following Sakaki because of like him being on the podcast, and like I now consider him like a close friend. And like I met Tyler and got started writing for All Comic, and so like so much has changed just because of like Colton and Lum starting this. For sure. I mean, now we're at the point where we're going to cons as press, and uh, we are getting review copies. So, oh, like, God, so many review copies. Uh, <laughs> you did this to yourself. <laughs> <Is> a, honestly, <laughs> I honestly did. So, okay. So my logic here was, like, initially when I was reaching out to publishers, I thought not, not all of them would say yes. 
Unfortunately, all of them were more than happy to send us books. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I think the only person who hasn't responded back to me is Seven Seas. Wow. <laughs> like, even Kodansha, like, I emailed them, like, a month ago. And then, like, two weeks later, they finally replied reply back to me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm getting five books now. Cool. We're getting Kodansha books? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually super surprised with how I mean like Viz, you know, V Lord suggested, hey, you know, hit up Viz for Shonen Sunday manga. I fully expected them to just be like, Who are you? <laughs> and no, they they not only I just asked for um Comey and you know, they gave me Comey, they gave me Conan, like I think like ten volumes of Conan and like eight volumes of Sleepy Princess. So Wow. All and for free, and it's just like I'm. I'm really surprised. Like I, I know I need to get back on Dark Horse because like I emailed them once and they never got back to me for Mob. Dark Horse is a bit tricky. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just really surprised at how they're just like here you go. I mean, I, I guess obviously I have a link to the blog and the Twitter, and you know that probably made them say okay, he's not just trying to get free manga, <laughs> but yeah, that I, I'm actually really surprised at just how easy it is you know yeah yeah i mean i feel like one thing i've learned in the past year is that you kind of have to take a leap of faith of some at some times and like a lot of the time it works out like a lot of publishers are willing to work with you if you are actually making an effort i mean yeah i i I feel like a lot of times i it it it, i guess looking at that for them it's like a it's a win-win situation I mean, it can give if you can show that you're doing something, then hey, getting free press never hurts. And then you can also you can also look at it as a thing where it's like you know, this blogger you gave them a free thing, and then it makes you look like it makes you look good because then it looks like you're reaching out to the community and doing things. Which oh, that reminds me, I guess. I mean, this is super off topic, but Wingstop actually replied to me. So the story is, <laughs> the story is like, uh, I mean, I don't have a problem saying this on the show. Maybe somebody's listening from Viz or something, and they'll they'll help me out here. But I, I, I recently had to resign from my you know daytime job, and I took a picture of my stuff in a Wingstop bag, and you know, because I was packing my stuff from my office, and I just took a picture of it and said, "Hey, I got resigned. Sucks, but hey, whatever." And then Wingstop DM'd me, and they were like, hey, how about we can make your day better, you know, give us your address and everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm just like, all right, I'm asking on Twitter, should I do it? And everybody on Twitter is like, do it, do it. We want to know what they're going to send you. So I did. I mean, it's good Like, when I got home from work, I did. And, like, it took them a day, but they got back to me. It was like, yeah, you know, we're always looking out for people who have fine palette <laughs> pallets food or whatever so i'm waiting on what they'll send me but they're gonna do it <laughs> so i guess this relating this back to you know the free copies from publishers i can definitely see where it's the thing where they're like they're doing outreach and especially with maybe not super big people obviously super big people like manga mogura that that's one way to do it but even with somebody has a small following it just looks good when they say hey you know this this company gave me this for free to review, and, you know, this is a good series, check it out. Because the one thing I've definitely learned, like, I, again, I'm, I owe V-Lord for this, is just that it, it really is just a thing where if you're doing something good, even if you're just doing it for yourself, somebody's watching. 
So, and depending on who, you, and if somebody's watching, then that goes to somebody else, and it just keeps going. And then eventually you do reach really, you know, influential people. Yeah, and after we recorded the Pokemon Adventures retrospective, Riz reached out to me and they, you know, sent me and Vix over uh, a copy of the Pokemon Adventures art book. And that was super awesome. And, like, the art books got lost in the mail. And so when I reached out to them again and say, hey, what? What happened to them? Uh, they sent them again, and they included bonuses when they did. It was like, wow. Yeah, it was like the Pokemon X and Y anime, right? Yeah, they got the first volume of X, Y, and a poster. So that was really kind of them. Man, that's so cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just... Uh, 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 clearly, uh, we, we owe this podcast a lot, and uh, you guys are really making me blush with all this. Oh, we all, we all, we all kind of owe this to Colton. And it's really... Really making me, uh, really, really making me blush. You guys are, you guys are too <laughs> much. Blush. Well, listen, your laughter fills us with happiness. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me, and I don't believe them. Well, now you know why, now you know how I feel when people keep saying I'm, like, the MVP on this show, but no, no, like, <laughs> actually, on that note, side note, like, I remember, like, I, I think V-Lord and, uh, and speaking of her, like, actually, Jekka just texting me to say that she wants to say hi to you guys <laughs> Aww, hi, so but yeah uh she was saying that i i didn't really think about it until v-lord and jekka were talking about it one time that like colton has the best laugh i mean like i've heard it before <laughs> yeah. but i didn't really think that deeply did i listen to it i'm like oh wow this is magical actually <laughs> it's purity at its finest i've, I've yeah. gotten multiple people who will just tweet at me and be like colton i really like your laugh it's great and i'm like oh <laughs> what um okay sure i guess <laughs> i mean thank you i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just a thing I never really thought about it until they brought it up and then I listened to it. I'm just like, yeah, no, I actually feel like I feel good now. I feel like I'm, <laughs> yeah, I feel I'm, I'm glad that my laugh apparently has healing properties. It does. You should package it. <laughs> Some, someone take Colton's laugh and like make a loop video <laughs> like 24 hours of Colton laughing clearly for, clearly for the two hunters so you should just have a YouTube video of just Colton's best laughs yeah the Colton laugh compilation <laughs> there you go <laughs> or maybe I'll just like maybe I'll just laugh into the microphone for two hours or, or maybe it'll sound too forced. I don't know. Lum's uh, laugh is good though. I don't, I, I, I want to say that their, their laugh makes me laugh a lot. So, oh, thank yeah, you. I mean, no, all of us, like we've had lots of laughs on the show. Definitely. There's no shortage of that. I've... No shortage of laughs. We are, we're pretty much like the monsters incorporated of the, of, of the podcasting world here. <laughs> no, no shortage on laughs. <laughs> uh, one person did respond that they really enjoy the humor of the podcast. That's their favorite part. So uh, I think we're making not just each other laugh, but a lot of people laugh, which I'm very happy. Yeah, about. I agree mm-hmm. with that. I agree. Every time I come on here, I'm usually, it, even when, I mean, there have been times where I've been like in a bad mood when I come on and then I come on and then I leave and I'm just like, what was I angry about? <laughs> it's, it's therapeutic almost like yeah it's like it's just i mean it's just the idea of again this feels like you know it doesn't feel it's a podcast sure but it feels like more like at least to me that just hanging out with friends and i feel like that again just it that energy carries over to the podcast and i i feel like that's why a lot of people are like yeah we like the humor we like you guys because it's just like it, it doesn't feel like work <laughs> you know 
I mean, no, in, no. And like the podcast itself, I would imagine that podcasts generally aren't. They're voluntary, so obviously they aren't work. But I mean, I've had, I've heard some that where it does feel like, you know, okay, well, we gotta get, we gotta get an episode out this week, guys. So. I mean, the the only the, the only part that feels like work is the actual editing. Like, yeah, that that that's the part that can be a little tedious. Yeah, that that's the part that sometimes is kind of the most draining, depending on how much work you're putting into it, which. Again, thankfully, I've I've been able to edit the podcast in a way where it's like I'm not going to tackle so much at once. Just going to kind of edit it throughout the week. And honestly, I I feel so much better doing it that way because when I when I used to do life lessons more often, I would just do huge chunks in one sitting, and that would take so much out of me uh, to the point where I got, I've gotten to points where it's like, oh no, I think I'm starting to feel burnout. But I only feel those for like very short amounts of time, and those usually go away. And like I said, I've scheduled my podcast editing in a way where it's like I don't feel that way anymore, which is yeah, good. Which is this is which is good. I mean, it's good that you're kind of figuring out what works. I mean, this is the same thing with me with the blog. I mean, I used to when I first started, I talk about the whole magazine, and I was like, "This is not sustainable." <laughs> this, so, <laughs> and then I parsed it down, and, and of course, you know, taking suggestions from people. Some people, I mean, at one point, people were like, "Okay, maybe just talk about, you know, maybe just talk about split it up, talk about news on one post and your impressions on another." And I did that for a while. Then, you know, uh, Yonko actually suggested, "Hey, you know, maybe consider making a Twitter," you know. Just for the news, so you can get like cutting it. You could get the cutting edge news out quickly because usually, if like Sunday news hits, I'm not getting the magazine till like Tuesday, and then by that time everybody already knows. So it's like, and I and I mean, I never thought of myself as a news source, so I was okay with that. But then it was like I'm getting stuff in Japanese and using my personal Twitter to tweet it out, and I'm just like, I could do way better. And then you know, he suggested the Twitter, and I got the Twitter. And then now, again, the blog has pretty much just become, like, where I throw interviews once in a while or reviews. And I feel like, as much as it makes me kind of sad that I'm not doing it weekly, like, a week, the threads are... I have threads on Twitter where I talk about the magazine and what's in it each week. And while, in some respects, I, I'm not I'm not fond of that, I do feel like it's a better format than, you know, having true brilliant words for people to read about. It's definitely easier. Yeah, yeah. so, like, and I mean, I feel like, and now the blog can serve as just this place, like the recent Noda uh, Takahashi interview that I translated, which I got noticed by Golden Comedy Central, and, <laughs> like, they're, like, the Golden Comedy, like, Twitter account, <laughs> And I didn't even notice I got noticed by them until, like, I just happened to be looking through the likes, and they're like, they're the big deal. If you want Golden Comedy news or information, it's them. And they actually were like, you did a great job translating this. You know, we don't have time. We've been busy. So it's actually really great that you did this. And stuff like that makes me happy. <laughs> so That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I need to do part That's two awesome. interviews soon, actually. But, yeah, that, that I mean, that made me really happy, just, like, getting noticed by you know, this complete, I never talked to them, they never talked to me, and you know, they, of course, shared it with other Golden Conway fans, and I actually found there was somewhere that I found it that somebody, yeah, the, uh, no, not not that interview, but, like, the the Aoyama the Aoyama and Adachi interviews, I actually found out that the Detective Conan wiki is, like, using me as a source on them. <laughs> so, wow, like, that's awesome. And the Detective Conan wiki is huge. It's, like, the Detective Conan information source, and it's there. And, like, I actually just was there for something else, and 
I saw my name. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely just, again, as I've said a couple times, it's just doing what you love and, you know, having fun with it, which definitely Manga Mavericks is that. I, I love being on the show, honestly. I've already volunteered to be on it again, so <laughs> so clearly, oh, clearly you're doing something right. <laughs> so, oh man, um, thank you. But I guess as far as like the the response we got from listeners, like I don't, we we pretty much like covered a lot of it. Uh, yeah, a lot of people mentioned serious discussions, but there are people who say that they do appreciate uh, when we talk about the industry alongside you know story and art discussion because. They think that's also important to understand. I know that Wensleydale wrote that, you know, he used to really love our manga discussions, but now he, you know, really values the industry news and the intricacies of the industry when we talk about that and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one person says that they don't really have a favorite part about uh, our podcast. They just like our discussions. And then one person's like, everything again. <laughs> everything. So, <laughs> I think we're doing a lot right. Um, but man, I mean, like, as we have been talking about for probably a very long time, there's a lot to like about this podcast and love. So, yeah. And so the the last question we asked our uh, listeners on the survey was like, if they had any thoughts about the podcast, they wanted to share with us and uh, let us know. And uh, I think we have expressed a lot about, you know, uh, our feelings on the show and, you know, what we love about and what we want going forward. And now I just want to read for you some of the, the responses. There's a lot of people who are saying, you know, we're doing a great job and uh, keep up the great work. You know, uh, they know that scheduling can be difficult, but, you know, the stuff we put out is wonderful. So, somebody somebody said we're great at advertising. Yeah, Wensleydale. I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, we could improve. Like, I, I know some best practices when it comes to some stuff, but I think that uh, there's definitely more work in terms of advertising, we could be doing it. I definitely think uh, we could optimize our Twitter a little bit better, but, you know, that involves pl- more planning. Uh, but There's a lot to improve. Just, um, just, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to promoting and then being a little organized on that front. But that we're, I think we'll work on it. I think we're uh, going to keep doing it. Uh, and then... Uh, one person, you know, makes a very observant point is that uh, they can tell who up- can upload the podcast. And uh, that's actually something I want to throw out to you guys. There's actually three key differences uh, in a Manga Mavericks post, depending on who uploads the podcast, either me or Colton. Do you know what those three key differences are? Uh, I'm interested. What, what what are they? No, I wanted to... I want you guys to guess. Can oh. you guess what the three differences are? Well, well, wait. Are we are we talking about uploading to the website or like through Apple Podcasts and Google? There are three key differences in the type between the po- title and post, depending on who uploads the episode. There wait, in the three, actual post? Yeah, there's three characteristics you can notice depending on who uploads the episode, who has uploaded the episode. Even if you don't know the title, uh, the name of the person who uploaded, you can tell who. Who wrote the post and uploaded the episode, depending on the title and the the post itself? Uh, from just a bit that I've been listening to here, <laughs> uh, it, it seems like definitely like Colton's titles tend to be like 
snarkier, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> word. <laughs> like, like not, not snarky. Let me take that back. They did. They just. Well, no, it's it, it's okay. I'm I'm fine with that because that that's the Gintama fan in me. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That that's actually a good way. Of <laughs> like, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, not, not to interrupt, but like one of my favorite titles. One of my favorite titles that I've used for the podcast in, in all 100 episodes has to be, if you could buy a McDouble, you could subscribe to Shonen Jump or something. <laughs> <That's a great laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. That, that, I was, that. I was, pull, I was pulling on my inner Sirachi there for that one. Um, it, yeah, that sounds like a Gintama title that does. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'm just just judging from that. Yeah, it sounds like Colton has a lot of fun with the titles again from the inner Gintama. <laughs> so I try. Yeah, that, that is true, but that's not one of the three characteristics. Whoa. Okay, well, well, here, what, what a V Lord? Do you have anything you want to add? Um, I'm trying to think here, but like, I'm not sure. Like, so. You're giving up on that? Yeah, I'm giving up. So, if you pay attention, uh, like, and you're scrolling through episodes, so, they, these are the three things. So, in the title, there are two things you'll notice uh-huh. that are that differ between when I upload an episode and when Colton uploads an episode, and how we write out the title. One is that I put a period after the EP that represents episode. Oh, okay. And the other is that I always put the title of the episode in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. So that's two differences in the title right there that I do that Colton doesn't do. And then in the post itself, Colton always begins every episode that he posts the same way with the same phrase. Yeah, I... The, the, oh, on this episode of Manga Mavericks. Yeah, so every po- post that Colton posts, he begins with that phrase. But uh, I don't begin with that phrase of mine. I just, like, go right into it. No, yeah, that that's a carryover from when I used to uh, write up posts for, like, life lessons and stuff. That's just that's just kind of how I like to start off my posts. I don't know. It, it, might, it might be kind of boring or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't. That's because I, I don't have the same kind of, like, writing ability that Lum does. Like, I'm I'm very, like, straight to the point. I very rarely do, like themed posts like you do (laughs) man uh in terms of like posts like just the posts themselves that are like that we've written that i've written like uh episode eight of the podcast has this really absurd one where it's like meet the fast food fanatics and it's just a bunch of food puns (laughs) for multiple paragraphs before even introducing what even discuss on the show and then Nine is even longer. An amazing rant about how we took a month long hiatus, <laughs> and then it was just like the despair our listeners must be in because we we have gone, uh, you know, they haven't had a manga every episode in a month, and then <laughs> and then I just like we work and I work and I guess something to talk about like uh, dressed in rag not the joke. So it's like uh, I, there's a whole rant in here about. <laughs> Going insane because you see Rockley dressed in women's clothes. And that, and then <laughs> I remember think, that was and a you're just, going yeah. insane because it wasn't that funny, and then like you 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 just laugh by how not funny it is. It breaks you by how unfunny it is. So uh, that's really fun. Yeah. Oh uh, god, really fun post descriptions. Uh, so yeah, so. Uh, listeners, those are the three observant things you could. <laughs> 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 
What was that? <laughs> what? That was the I accidentally ended up playing one of the episodes. All right. Look, join us now for the segment where we play a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> But, yeah, so uh, those those are some, a little bit of trivia for the listeners there. But, uh, so, yeah, the the one listener who noticed that they can tell uh, who can up, who uploads the episode is uh, very observant. Uh, and then they also uh, recommend us to do a City Hunter episode, which uh, I'd definitely love to do. Uh, so it'll take a while to collect probably those old editions that were put out way back in the day. Oh, City Hunter? Yeah. There weren't a lot of volumes of those published in English, were they? No, not there was a whole like lot. Because I, I know, I know personally, I've mentioned on the show before, I have like four or five volumes of that old English release that came out a little while ago. So I, I have some of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would be interested in checking out City Hunter. I've the, the most City Hunter I have watched is probably like maybe 10 episodes of the K-drama that came out from it that I'm watching currently with a friend of mine. Uh, good show, by the way. Um, uh, but I, I haven't actually seen or read any of, like, the original City Hunter. I'm really looking forward to actually buying some of the anime from Discotech coming here pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe that would be a more uh, anime-focused thing since the mangas are very available. Uh, maybe. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love to cover City Hunter if... More if it comes out over here. Oh yeah, sure. that the City Hunter is something I would like to cover for sure at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, that about does it set for your uh, <laughs> your comment, which is needs more cowbell. Yeah, so needs more cowbell. I, I I didn't know what to put. I just put that there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. But I think that's really about it for the poll. And boy, we've gone on a lot longer than I thought we would. Um, yeah. This- we only had five questions, but I think we went longer than we maybe record like the the regular survey results episodes, which have twenty five questions. I didn't think we could do it, but we did it. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing since this is a hundred episode celebration. We're looking back on the show, discussing our memories, what the show means to us. So you know, we just had a good time, a good conversation about it, and. I think that's what Mountain America is all about. I think it's quite in the spirit of the 100th episode that we get so wrapped up in talking, so enthralled by our conversation that we go on for a little bit too long. I I cannot wait to see whether I put this up as a four-hour-plus episode or I end up breaking this into part one and part two. You, we'll, we'll see, listeners. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, But no, I... I, we 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 were we were all gushing about manga mavericks and like what it means to us but i mean like i just i just want to i just want to put out there i really share that sentiment like the the this podcast i mean i don't know what to say that you guys haven't already said but like it, th- this podcast does mean a lot to me and i'm i'm it's just i I'm having trouble putting in the words just what I'm hearing from you guys being like oh if it weren't for colton i guess i wouldn't really have this or whatever like I don't know, just hearing you guys say that stuff about me makes me feel really good, and um, I that, I feel like I understand how Bomber feels, where it's like, man, I can't, I just can't take a compliment. <laughs> Maybe we're kindred spirits in that sense. Yeah. It, it's ship just, intensifies. It, it, I guess it just comes down to the fact that you never really know how much you, like, I mean, how something you're doing or you're just your existence affects other people until they actually say it <laughs> and it's, it's like it's oh. a weird it's definitely a weird cosmic abstract uh 
uh, concept for sure. Yeah, it's like it's weird <laughs> when I just like I I think somebody hit me up on Curious Cat the other day saying that God, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I, you've got me addicted to Sunday, and that just with the whole thing going on in my life right now and not having a job, that actually made my day. <laughs> so I'm just like. And now, you know, with the internet making it much more easier, much easier for people to actually reach out and tell you this, you know, it, and also much easier for people to forget <laughs> to reach out and tell you this. Hearing it is just a whole, it, it just, it's like, wow, I, I didn't know that something I'm doing is actually affecting someone else and making their day better, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really... It, it's really interesting for me to hear like how much this podcast has really like affected people and how much they enjoy it. Like it's just it's 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 on a whole other. It's just a whole other thing. I don't really know how to describe it. Again, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words. I, it just, it makes me feel good. Big thanks to everyone who has been listening, uh, and everyone who has like contributed in some way to the podcast. Like r- really, without without the listeners and without all of our really cool guests that we've had on, like this would not be possible. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to having more conversations with uh, our previous guests and new guests uh, as we continue hundred more episodes and beyond. At least a hundred more. Yeah, that's what I want to shoot for. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are going to be around forever. Stop playing around. <laughs> I'm going to be like 65 and, and still talking about manga I read on here like, hey, I read this cool thing the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that new manga sphere? Where you, it's a helmet you put over your head and it beams manga into your brain or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you know no fingers required you just uh, blink and you turn the page my my eyelids do get tired though <laughs> <laughs> oh no i involuntarily blinked but because i was laughing too hard now i have to to figure out how to back blink to get to the page i was on uh, you gotta roll your eyes to make it go back yeah i gotta roll my eyes around uh Oh man, that's that sounds tiring. Anyway, um, so this is this has been fun. I'm glad we recorded this. Um, and yeah, th- again, thank you guys for listening to uh, to the podcast for so long. And thank you, uh, Bomber and V Lord, for joining us today. Hey, anytime. Thanks for asking me to be on. I'm always happy to join, even when Lum forces you, right, V Lord? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, I, I guess before we head out, uh, Bomber, do you want to plug your stuff? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you can follow me at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. That's my personal Twitter. I tweet everything there. And then where the real show is, <laughs> is at... <laughs> wow. The, uh, at WS- that sounds really spicy. <laughs> <laughs> the real show's at uh, WSS Talkback, uh, my Shonen Sunday Twitter, which is where I talk about Shonen Sunday stuff. And WSSTalkback.blogspot.com is where, well, I used to talk about Shonen Sunday every week, but now it's more just where I throw out reviews of manga, of Shonen Sunday manga coming out in English. I'm hoping eventually to have Conan on there, but mm, there's a party that I'm not going to name that hasn't quite gotten to that. Velor knows. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm hoping to have Conan right now. Conan soon, but I've had Comey's second volume, 
and Maljo, um, excuse me, Sleepy Princess's second volume, volume one of which I've discussed on this very fine program. <laughs> so you should definitely check that out. I'm hoping now that I have more free time, I can add more stuff to it. But that's where you can find me and what I'm doing. All right. Uh, V-Lord, how about you? Uh, I'm doing so much right now and working <laughs> to death. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ, and you can find my manga focus uh, reviews on allcomic.com. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then I'm also doing uh, articles over on tsunamifaithful.com. And so very soon, we're starting a Demon Slayer podcast over on Tsunami Faithful. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, actually. So that should be uh, very interesting. <laughs> um, luckily, I don't have to edit it. So it's <laughs> isn't, not- isn't that the best thing where you can just record a podcast and not edit it? <laughs> yeah, that's always nice, and it saves me time. <laughs> so we're mainly going to focus on the dub of the anime initially, but we're uh, thinking of also covering a bit of the manga. Okay, okay. So I'll probably be... Uh, uh, hunting down some guests for that. Nice. I definitely want to have Sakaki on at some point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, look, I'm I'm hoping to try to catch the tsunami uh, airing. So if you ever want me to come on, I'm totally up for it. I I I, I forgot the dub was a thing. So there you go. That clearly that's why <laughs> I need this. I need this podcast because otherwise I would not even be aware there was a dub. <laughs> otherwise, you wouldn't be aware of almost anything. <laughs> Thank you, Manga Mavericks. (laughs) 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 All right. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our little trip down memory lane. Uh, Once again, if we haven't already said it enough, uh, we want to extend a special thanks to not, not just our listeners, but everybody we've ever had on the show because without them, you know, this podcast really wouldn't be possible. We've had so many great guests on, and uh, just you know, just th- thank you guys. We we really we really appreciate all your listenership, and again to all our guests, we really appreciate your help in making this podcast what it is. Mm-hmm. That indeed we do. We've been really honored to have so many awesome people be a part of the show over the past three and a half years, over the past 100 episodes. And I'm really looking forward to having on more people, having more co- great conversations in the coming 100 and beyond. Uh-huh. I- I'm looking forward to a- at least another 100 episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, but before we head out of here, um, so... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback already on our State of Manga Piracy discussion, and uh, I really appreciate everybody who's listened to that episode and uh, has really enjoyed it. And you know what? Uh, Speaking of feedback, we actually have two emails that we can read. Uh, We haven't gotten any emails in a while, so like, I'm I'm really excited. So yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read our first one from Emma who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is the editor-in-chief of Futakia? Yes. All right. So uh, I'm really excited that we got an email from her. Uh, for, for those who don't remember, uh, we've mentioned Futakia on the podcast before. I think one of my last episodes that I did with uh, Bomber for news 
where uh, ba- basically they are a uh, a BL manga sort of website blog or whatnot uh, that also has a, a subscription service for BL manga where I think you pay like $6.99, $7.99, somewhere around there. I forget off the top of my head, uh, monthly. And you get access to basically whatever BL manga they have uh, translated into English. Uh, not, not not to give anything away, but like I'm, I'm hoping to actually sign up for that service sometime and uh, maybe read some titles on the site. Uh, I've, I've been, I've, we've been kind of talking with Emma a little bit about as far as like, you know, what recommendations she gives us and whatnot. And uh, I won't make any promises like, anything concrete but eventually i would like to maybe talk about bl on the show i think that would be really interesting yeah. um so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that but uh, just to kind of read emma's email uh she says uh, i was listening to your latest episode about the state of manga piracy while at work uh it was one of the most relaxing uh she comments on how odd it is uh, that wording, I should say, uh, was one of the most relaxing things I've ever listened to while on the job. Scanlations and manga rips are something our office deals with often, daily, uh, sometimes, depending. So it was refreshing and heartening to hear a more positive, upbeat, and well-formed discussion about manga piracy and what it is like to be a manga reader, manga reader in the current manga publishing environment. I truly appreciate how the complicated aspects of accessibility, uh, price, etc., class... And even the issue of Magica can be "quote unquote" othered. Uh, were mentioned on the podcast. Uh, I believe Morgana uh, brought that up. And uh, just to continue, uh, also the point about access to aggregator sites slash uh, scanlation uh, being like addiction was something I have thought of before, but never felt brave enough to say or talk about with other people. It was relieving to know other people have thought this before as well. That was also something we t- talked about on the show. On the industry side, it is sometimes easy to slide into negativity, especially among smaller distributors slash publishers. Uh, when thinking about scanlations, aggregators, websites, etc., uh, what feels like endless days could be taken up asking people in Google to please take down scans, to not release scans, and to unlist scans for manga titles that have been licensed. For some on the industry side, uh, though I can't speak for it as a whole, scanlations, quote-unquote, and manga piracy, quote-unquote, take on antagonistic feelings. Uh, This may cause them to feel frustrated and not take into consideration more significant factors as to why people read manga scans. Uh, As a result, I fear that the industry might sound uh, overly forceful or bashing when it comes to scanlations. Uh, I hope more people who are currently working in manga listen to this particular episode since there were so many aspects of the readers then covered. Uh, Perhaps it can lead to the industry being more conscientious uh, about how they speak about scanlations, especially to readers. An issue I sometimes talk about with my friends, both in and out of the industry, is if scans impact genres of manga differently. Uh, I'm sure your side has plenty of other topics to talk about, but if your team had any particular impressions about the relationship between genre and scanlation, I would love to hear it. I apologize for the very long email and look forward to your future episodes. Congrats on episode 100. Thank you so much, Emma. Yeah, uh, it's it's really cool that we have that we got somebody from the industry to listen to this episode and email us. That's really cool. That really makes me happy. Yeah, and the conversation that was started on Twitter uh, in response to our episode was really cool too. Emma put up a poll asking people, "Have you stopped reading Scanlicious entirely?" 
as well as a few follow-up questions asking, is it difficult to read manga from only legal sources? What made you stop reading scanlations? And do you feel like you're missing out? And that spurred a lot of great conversation in the replies. And the poll results have been very interesting. And I, for one, am just really, really happy that the episode we put out, not only have people been enjoying it, but it is spurring more conversation on this topic, which to me is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. That that really makes me happy too, because uh, uh, I I kind of mentioned it to Lum off mic, but uh, so some something I was a little worried about when putting up that episode was, uh, you know, I I had, I had envisioned the conversation to be slightly more organized than I think it turned out, but I'm glad that not not too many people feel that way so far. It looks like like I'm I'm glad that the reception to this episode has been. For for the most part, pretty positive. Like 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 Lum said, people have been really enjoying the conversation, and it's actually been sparking a little bit of conversation, uh, thanks in part to Emma. So I'm I think overall I'm pretty happy with how the episode turned out and the reception. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we should read our next email. Or we we did we did get an email from uh, Tropical Blitz, but it is. It's so long that I don't think we're going to read it word for word just because it's so long. But we we, we did want to talk about it a little bit. Um, so thank you, Tropical Blitz, for sending an email. Uh, Love if you want to take care of that real quick. Yes, Tropical Blitz wrote a great email. I think that they should make it into a blog post because it goes over a lot of great points about why it is difficult to curb manga piracy to for good because of four really key factors. First, you know, I want to just thank Tropical for being a listener of the show. You know, we've known each other because we're both weekly manga recap fans. So I'm really happy that they listen to the show and that, you know, the 100 episode, uh, you know, they wanted to add into the conversation on manga piracy. So that was really, really awesome. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And yeah, so Tropical, you know, wanted to chime in about like areas of the manga piracy conversation that they think we may have not gone into detail a little bit just on the points of like how to fight back against manga piracy, how to get regular folk to stop reading scanlations and go to aggregate sites and what to do to make the industry better for the people working in it. So first off, like there, they wanted to go into like how they see the way manga piracy came about. And first, they believe like manga piracy initially started as like an underground scene. It was very much a counterculture thing done by a few people for a few people that appreciated their work. And while Scanlation was done for very popular manga, there were also a lot of smaller groups that were formed around less well-known series, be it because they were aimed at niche audiences or because the topics they were handling were not mainstream, which they mentioned, yeah, there was a community censored around porn manga, but there was also a lot of LGBTQ-aligned content that back from the 90s to the 2010s were not easily accessible or licensed as they are now because those stories had not become welcomed yet. And I think that's a very good point to make, that uh, that those kind of stories were not made available until very recently. But, uh, you know, the, like the big unifying feature with early manga communities was that fans of manga wanted to be in the know about what was going on 
in the series they love, what was happening in the stories right now, and the latest spoilers. So that's how communities started for forming and discussions started going back and forth. But Tropical believes that the community that engages in manga piracy today is not the same because just the hoops you need to go through to read the latest chapter of any given series is not the same as nowadays when you can just go on Reddit and read the latest chapter of whatever series or find out that the newest chapters of a Shonen Jump manga are already made available days in advance by popular scanlation sites, which oftentimes these groups don't even translate the manga. They just steal the manga and repost it on their sites. Like, we talked about Manga Rock. That's basically what Manga Rock does for a lot of its things. Yeah, I've, I've unfortunately, I have seen that, like, some sites will, will literally just rip off, like, whatever's, like, on, like, Manga Plus in particular and just, like, put that up, which is, like... That that's yeah, I I don't feel good about that at all. So, mm -hmm. but Tropical knows that the fundamental issue with the ease of access now is because it impacts not just the sales of official releases, but also the perception of where manga comes from. For sure, yeah. Um, we 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 did kind of mention that in the discussion that uh, a a big a big problem with this topic and this issue is that. Again, people really just don't know any better. Like most most people aren't aware of like what what counts as like an official source, I guess, or an official legal avenue to like read their stuff. So Indeed. And as Tropical sees that there are four key components of modern manga piracy that need to be addressed in order to reduce their impact on the manga industry and readership within the di English speaking digital scene. There's overlap since they're all related to each other, but these are things that Tropical has observed, you know, over years of being a manga fan and key points that they believe really needs to be addressed in order to curb the manga piracy problem for good. The first key point is the community's reliance on scanlations. And we did touch upon this a little bit in our episode, but it really is worth thinking about that ever since, you know, the Great Recession of the late aughts. Uh, manga readership has been conditioned by how easily accessible scanlations have been to always expect it to be there and in front of them with as little and no barriers between them and reading the chapter of their favorite series. And perhaps there shouldn't be a barrier in the first place when it comes to reading something out of Shonen Jump, and that's what Riz has done a huge effort to remedy. But... It's not really just the lack of money, it's also region locking and other factors too that can really restrict the ease of access. And because of that, people become creatures of habit and have become conditioned to expect their manga to come a certain way from certain sources. And even if those sources are shady and illegitimate, people will still even subscribe to these sources instead of the official sources because they are used to going to those venues to find the manga they want to read. So manga shouldn't just be made free all the time. That's not a sustainable model. But 
because the bubble burst gave birth to early aggregate sites and conditioned a generation of manga readers in the West to go to those sites to find their manga and just come to expect to find their manga free, that has caused this problem that we are still kind of fighting back against. And Manga Plus, they note, is a very good step in the right direction with where the industry should be going with finding aggregate sites because that is a site that is accessible worldwide. Uh, it's not region-locked, and readers can find popular series on there, read the latest chapters for free. And that does a lot in kind of embracing the larger worldwide among community. But also, uh, Tropical notes that, you know, more needs to be done in promoting official sources, uh, embracing social media aspect of where manga readers, like, get their information from, get their content from. So the companies that hold these titles, the licensors, should make use of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, to more effectively get in front of the scanlation and aggregate sites who use these services to better promote themselves and their illegal activity. I feel like Shonen Jump is probably the best about that. Yeah. Um, as far as like uh, other services go, I feel like unfortunately they they don't have the same Twitter presence. Like I I, I feel I feel like out of all the legal avenues that that I use anyway, like uh, just personally speaking, like I feel I feel like I mostly see Jump out there just kind of promoting you know, their service, but I don't really, I, I feel like I don't really see that kind of, I mean, I guess Crunchyroll kind of does that too, but they don't really do that for like their Well, manga they stuff. don't do that for their manga at all. Crunchyroll really underserves its manga catalog and barely promotes it. Shonen Jump does definitely, though, really get ahead of promoting. They make sure to promote every chapter when it comes out, and they consistently have a Twitter presence. They're always tweeting very regularly every day, so they have a strong social media presence. And it would be nice to see other publishers who also release simulpubs take that same amount of effort especially crunchyroll since crunchyroll does have an incredible social media presence for their anime but not for the manga they really underserve their manga so they need to do better with that for sure for sure but yeah. tropical does note that it you know it is really ridiculous that a chapter of one piece trends worldwide and gets to the top of reddit days before it comes out on viz and it should be the chapter that comes out on Wiz and not from scanlation sites that people steal from warehouses in Japan and leak two days before release. Yeah, we, we didn't really mention it on the episode, but like besides the manga rock stuff, like that was another big reason why I wanted to do this topic in general as well. Is because of all the latest chapters of One Piece trending on Twitter, like literally the day before it's officially supposed to be out like that the, the i that i think that happened like three weeks in a row didn't it maybe four yeah i think it's happened for yeah three weeks in a row and might end up continuing happening i hope not i hope if it does trend it's because the official chapter is out and like tropical saying it's the official chapter that should be the one that trends not the scamlation Imagine if, like, Viz and Shonen Jump were able to take advantage of, of that attention, but they can't because everyone's talking about the unofficial release. So it's like, you know, what what do you do about that? 
and it might drive people to read the scanlation instead of waiting for the official release, which is also really, really unfortunate. Yeah, and like because people are always afraid of like being spoiled, so they like they they feel like they have to be a part of the crowd that are reading it from whatever other source. Like it's just it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But there is a second problem, and actually that ties into the second problem, which is speed scans, and this is like the number one target to be solved is how select scan groups have managed to make it their business to actively for over a decade to steal copies of the most popular manga magazines in Japan before the street date and leak them online or just use those leaked copies to make supposed translations of these chapters and then publish them on their sites. And Tropical notes that speed scanning is a really shit form of scanlation, and it's honestly shocking anyone would read it because the cleaning job is awful and the image quality is awful, but people just accept it like normal because that's what they get used to. But the crushed blacks, the oversaturation and lots of details, and the art, the most important component of a manga, it gets so much worse through the speed scanning process. I... But... Uh, sorry, I I, I want to I want to make a quick shout out to uh, to Brian Newton, uh, who's an animation director at Rick and Morty and is uh, a very frequent contributor to the One Piece podcast. Who I follow on Twitter, um, he actually made a tweet about uh, at the time of this recording one of the, uh, the 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 latest One Piece chapter. Again, going back to One Piece, where uh, he he made a tweet basically showcasing the quality between the these speed scans and the official release where the with the scan the unofficial scan uh not only like when you look at the two uh when you look at the two side by side like you could clearly tell like the thing with scans is that like uh like i remember vividly when uh weekly shonen jump was coming up with their digital magazine and they had that uh they had the i think they had like a free preview issue or whatever and people were tossing around like uh comparisons of the official scan and the unofficial scan and it's like it's just night and day like how unofficial scans really affect the 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 quality of the uh of the art it's just because like because the uh the inks are a lot muddier and you lose a lot of detail and it's just that that was a big thing that changed my mind into reading official scans and i know i think that was the same with you but uh, yeah, with, with this in particular, uh, I think the particular panel Brian chose was that uh, not, not only is the unofficial scan, like, again, s- same problems, like it looks really muddy and you lose a lot of detail in the art, but like there's so little quality control that there are, cer- there are certain speech bubbles that are switched and certain characters that are talking, like, are clearly saying things that like they wouldn't normally say, like... There's just so little care put into these unofficial scans sometimes. It's just... Yeah, Brooke is not the one who's calling Chopper Bropper. <coughs> and also, that's not the nickname. It should be Chobro. Bropper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, I just I just wanted to mention that because that was something that I saw him tweet out and I just thought that was relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's quite relevant. But people get used to this kind of quality, shoddy quality, because they become creatures of habit, and they'll go to whatever site has the content they want to read first, yep. regardless how bad the quality is. Mm-hmm. And so the solution to this is less on the readership, because, you know, no matter how much you preach, like, everyone is, you know, can and are going to do what they want. 
but it really relies in the hands of the companies because they really need to beef up security somehow and locations that manage to get their copies stolen from or magazines need to, you know, kind of embrace the switch to digital so there aren't any copies to steal. Because with speed scans, the goal is not being good. It's about being first. And if the official release comes up before them for popular manga, you know, the speed scanlation does not get any traction community. Like with Spy Family, there's no really dedicated uh, speed scanlation effort because Manga Plus gets it out first. And then the aggregate sites just steal from Manga Plus. Yep. And I mean, like, and it leads to this whole thing where, like, you know, pe- people think that the scanlations are better because, you know, like, like it, it creates this perception that uh, the, the official jump releases are late. When that's not the case, like people, people legitimately don't real, or I should say some people uh, legitimately don't realize that, um, that the manga that they are reading on these aggregator sites are leaked. Like there have been so many instances where like people will read these scanlations, you know, days before they're supposed to be out and they'll, they'll tweet, they'll tweet at certain authors who ever have social media and be like, Hey, I really like this chapter. Like not realizing that like, you're like you're not supposed to be reading this yet like it's not supposed to be out uh available for people to read yet indeed but that leads to the next target the next point which is aggregate sites which is the big one because ever since the great recession happened and people have become less likely to spend money on their entertainment and the companies themselves had less money to operate but in general you know the industry was in bad shape top to bottom you know, the aggregate sites took advantage of this to take scattered work that all the different scanlation groups made and present them to an audience in one location that could be easily accessed and used. And the interface wasn't great, but because of the selection, people flocked to it. And of course, quality control was non-existent, but, you know, not many groups actually use a lot of these sites to upload their manga on there directly. But the issue battling aggregate sites is more difficult than battling the scan leader groups because the aggregate sites are not really uh, entities. Like, by their nature, they are the place that people go to read their pirated manga, and they're going to rip whatever manga they find and put it on their site, regardless if it came from the scan leader or an official release, like what we talked about with Manga Rock, how they steal from both the scanling shin groups and from the official uh releases mm-hmm. you know and that's how they operate it's like they have thousands of series on there not and not all of them are the scanlations but official releases they just rip and put it on their site like they are the official place and so trying to stop the aggregate sites is almost a completely different fight than the scan leaders because the aggregate sites are like the anime aggregate sites. You know, if you close one off, they're just going to rebrand and open again. And because even after the legalization of anime and the rise of Crunchyroll had really killed the tradition of fan subbing, you know, it hasn't stopped the illegal distribution of anime through sites like, you know, Kiss Anime and all those uh, still running uh, unofficial anime streaming sites. But that kind of leads into the final point that uh, Tropical makes, which is that the idea that scanlations are the official venue for manga. And this is what they believe to be the biggest proponent that 
keeps people reading scanlations and using aggregate sites or whatever and not the official release because they actually think that these venues are the legit places where they should find their manga. You know, not everyone understands where the Shonen Jump titles are available legally. You know, some people might understand better and still use the aggregate sites because, you know, they don't care. But some are just willfully ignorant. They don't realize that these scans are poor quality. But there's also people who who make excuses like, you know, the newest chapter of Demon Slayer went up on X side. Why isn't on the official SJ app yet? And they think that, you know, it's shown and jump and this is a problem for not getting the chapter up earlier. And there'll be people who say that, look, I don't care if Manga Plus has the best quality of the chapter. Why are they posting chapters late? If scan groups can get the chapter up faster, then the official should also be on time or faster. And they don't realize that they are releasing it on time with Japan. Like, they're releasing on the official release date. And these scan groups are posting it early, illegally, ahead of the street date. Ahead of when a lot of people in Japan get to read the series. So they are the unfair ones. Well, yeah, because, you know, it's 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 easier, it's, it's easier to get them up you know, before Viz and all these other publishers when, you know, when you're literally breaking the law, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the problem also becomes that you have influencers who read scanlations and promote scanlations. Like, you got guys like Teching101, who uses scanlations in his uh, One Piece videos. It makes chapter discussions around when those scanlated chapters come out and posts on Twitter how cool bonus chapter One Piece drawn by Boichi was and links to the scan site instead of the official site. And so you're going to find people who go to these scanlation sites and they leave comments on there for the authors even, expecting them to see it, not realizing that they are illegal sites. Oh, man. Th- that That's something I, I can't stand either. Like, I, I, I've definitely watched my fair share of, uh, of anime and manga YouTubers out there where they just... Some more blatant than others. I don't want to name drop any because, like, I've probably tweeted about them before. But like, there are some uh, YouTubers out there that I cannot stand. Where either they don't, they they, I'm I don't maybe it's like a convenience sake thing. I don't know, or maybe maybe they don't know any better. I don't know, or they're totally blatant about you know how much they support scanlations over like say Viz or something. Like, it's it's really annoying to see videos. You know, like you mentioned, like based around series that just exclusively use scans when it's like, you know, that they have a really good chance of not being the most accurate translation, but they don't care. So it's it that that's really disheartening for me. So it's also frustrating when a lot of these influencers purport that the scanlations are more accurate or better than the official translations, which is quite frankly not true. Perhaps back in the day, if you had Tokyo Pop handling a series, maybe Tokyo Pop would get something wrong. But really, there is no excuse to make to read the scanlations of the official releases available because the official release is done by people who are professionals and they are paid for quality control. 
and they will put out the best translation, the most accurate to the author's original intent. And and here and here's the thing about that too, like even on the off chance that a mistake is made, the, these these people are still professionals that get paid to do this like, you know, like whatever very 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 few mistakes they make, the those are going to get fixed eventually. Like you don't you don't have that kind of quality control with unofficial scans. Yeah. And Tropical goes on the note that the reality is that over the past decade, scan leaders and speed scanners have created the image that they are the main publisher of popular manga titles, a watermark series they have no legal right to in order to direct people to their sites to read the chapters there first. They create the image they are producing high quality of translations of popular manga, even if they are shoddy translations with poor image quality, and they manage to make it seem like they have the mangaka on their payroll somehow, when in reality, none of the ad revenue they make go to the original artist. They try to make themselves seem like they're better than Viz, Kadansha, Kanakawa, Crunchyroll, and Comixology, all the official venues. And, you know, it's just, even though it would be great to, you know, promote libraries more and invest into the, the public sector and, you know, encourage kids to read more manga through those official venues, it's going to be hard to do that. Uh, when, you know, these guys are tricking them into downloading apps that they made from the Apple Store and re- just reading it there because they think it's official. And uh, this problem is compounded even further because you have Apple not pulling these illegal apps from their store because, you know, they just don't care, it seems. And that's why we're in the state we are now. And so Tropical ends off saying, you know, there's no solution to manga piracy at least no simple solution because you know there are gray areas but there are clear steps that need to be taken at the very least to stop such groups from dressing up their piracy as being legitimate acts simply offering a legal solution is only part of the solution the other part needs to be with making sure that people are aware of where these venues are and also on cutting off the suppliers for illegal ones speed scanners and removing Easy access for the aggregates. So these were a lot of really great thoughts and really good points on why the piracy problem persists and why it's hard to combat. But what steps should be taken, the areas of consideration that should be uh, focused on in order to curb the problem. And I think it'll still be a difficult road ahead because some of the solutions do require big risks, like especially the cessation of print magazine publishing is something I think we're a long ways away from. But I think perhaps if they could just figure out how to improve security, how to prevent the leaks, that would be a huge, huge deal. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna do it for uh for that email in particular, huh? We got some Great emails. I'm really happy with the response to that piracy episode because it's rare that we get emails and we got two really thoughtful and passionate emails out of that episode that make a lot of great points that add on to the conversation we had. So again, I'm really proud of last week's episode and I think that this is a conversation again that is going to continue to be had because the problem continues to persist. But I'm glad that, you know, we're talking and thinking about 
the different factors involved and why the piracy problem persists and how we can find solutions to address it and promote legal avenues for people to read and manga and support the official releases and the artists. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, and I just want to put out there that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are so many other like different angles we could have taken our previous discussion. Um, but, but that, you know, that's the thing, right? Like I, I, I think part of the reason why maybe I'm, I'm 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 happy with the discussion. I I want to put that out there. Like I think it turned out really well, but I think the I think one of the few things that really keeps it from being even better is that like there's too much to discuss. Like this was a really ambitious topic for us to try to cover in one episode, which is why you know, uh, I think even on the episode we entertained the idea of coming back to this topic because this is a topic we can always come back to un- unfortunately. Um and so yeah, I mean if there if there was if you're listening to the previous episode and you think, oh, well, you know, you guys could have brought this up, like, trust me, we know, like, there, there are so, I'm sure there are so many other things we could cover. I'm, I, and I'm glad we're uh, reading these emails because we're, we're sort of covering, it, it gives us the chance to cover certain things that we may not have mentioned on the previous discussion, which I think is good. But even still, I'm sure there are so many other different facets to the problem and the discussion around the problem that again we will probably just have to uh we'll probably just have to tackle the next time we talk about manga piracy so you know indeed just wanted to put that disclaimer out there but yeah thank you to both emma and tropical blitz for those emails and uh hey if you have any thoughts on manga piracy and you want to send us your feedback well uh stay tuned we'll we'll get to that part of the show um but before that, uh, Lum, do you want to talk about what's coming up for Manga Mavericks maybe on the next episode? Sure. I believe what should be out next will be the New York Comic Con report we Lord and I have recorded, which was originally intended to be a part of episode 99. But again, we underestimate how long we can talk, even <laughs> when there's only two people on the podcast. So instead, Relord and I went on for three and a half hours. <sighs> by the time I edit it, hopefully it'll be much shorter than that. Hopefully it'll actually be out by the time you're listening to this. I hope so, because we're recording this a few weeks in advance, so (laughs) (laughs) here's hoping. But yes, that should be out next, and then after that, the long-awaited release of the Saint Seiya podcast with Shannon Garrity and Mari Morimoto should be out. So you have those to look forward to in the coming weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots lots of good stuff coming up soon. Uh, and so, yeah, um, I think with that, this has been our 100th episode. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of reeling from the fact that we've done 100 episodes of this show. Yep. It's going to be a while until we reach another huge milestone, like digit breaking milestone, like episode 1000. Oh God. Oh man. You know, d- not not that I don't like doing the show. Cl- clearly, I've done it for 100 episodes, so I so I like doing it. But like doing 1,000 episodes of anything just kind of just kind of kills me. Honestly, it just kills me physically, mentally, uh, spiritually. <laughs> I can't imagine doing a thousand of anything. The thought of it is definitely exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy! Unless you're One Piece or Detective Conan, or that's true. I anything like yeah. that. 
Doraemon and Sade-san. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, um, I'm looking forward to our next milestone. And um, and so, yeah, I think with that, we could just wrap up on our episode 100. So, Lum, where can the good people find your stuff? You can find me at Lum Ramiyasha on Twitter and as Lum Ramiyasha on a variety of places like Animation Revelation and Analyst. Wherever there's a Lum Ramiyasha, that's where you can find me. You can also read my manga reviews on all-comic.com. We Lord and I have been doing a lot of those lately, so definitely check those out. And you can also find other podcast projects I do there like Hashtag Lum Squad and Manga Mavericks at Movies. All right. And as for me, I'm Colton. You can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. And uh, basically, if you want to listen to any of my podcasts, um, you know what? Go, go to my personal blog at coltoncorner.com, where I basically have a page dedicated to all the podcasts I do, such as Life Lessons, uh, again, currently on hiatus, uh, One Podcast Prevails, The Poltergeist Report, basically anything and everything I'm doing currently. And so, yeah, from there, uh, if you want to follow us or all comic, uh, basically, uh, we post every episode of the Maga Mavericks podcast first on all-comic.com, unless you are a backer on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mavericks, where if you subscribe to our $2 tier, uh, you get early editions of select podcasts, basically whenever we have those edited. Uh, we hopefully have some of those coming up. I won't say which ones yet, uh, but uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon, keep an eye out. Um, or subscribe to our $5 tier, where you're basically guaranteed a bonus podcast at the end of every month. Um, we are currently doing a series of read-throughs uh, through the Manga Mavericks Book Club, uh, where we talk about uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or at least I talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood, uh, with Grant, or otherwise known as Grant the Thief. For, uh, the host of Blade Licking Thieves and Super Senpai Podcast, friend of the show, good guy, go follow him for sure. Um, and really just subscribe to our Patreon in general, like, you know, you're basically, if you do that, you're really helping us kind of keep Manga Mavericks afloat and really help us support the show. Um, so yeah, uh, again, that's at patreon.com slash Manga Mavericks. Uh, but if you want to follow all comics specifically, you want to follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic. Or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. Or if you want to follow Manga Mavericks, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore Mavericks. Or on tumblr.com at mangamavericks.tumblr.com for all the latest updates on the podcast. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash manga Mavericks where we upload different excerpts of our podcasts. And uh, even upload some exclusive content every once in a while. So uh, there you go. Um, email us anything uh, at mangamavericks at gmail.com. You know, what have been your favorite moments from the podcast? What what have been some of your favorite series that we've discussed on the show? Um, what are you reading? Just anything related to manga or the podcast. Again, email us at mangamavericks at gmail.com and we will read them on the show. We love getting emails. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it really helps the visibility of our show and just helps us grow in general. Um, so go do that if you so wish. You know, if you have the time, you know we're waiting uh uh i don't know uh this has been part two of episode 100 of the podcast uh of the manga mavericks podcast allcomic.com and we will see you guys next time for episode 101 bye guys sayonara sayonara